taking off in five, four, three, two. Yo, yo, yo. It's your boy, T.O. Gino. It's your boy, Old Rain. Real name, no games, no gimmicks. Yo, it's motherfucking Fade Podcast. Your one-stop shop for everything TV, media, and film related, along with any other goddamn thing we want to talk about. Coming to you live, direct, Heart Studios, Baltimore City. Fuck is up. It's another beautiful day, man. Mm, I've in got the a good feeling about today. Great oh, feeling about this show. Okay. Fantastic feeling, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, your overconfidence is yeah, making yeah. me worried a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, your eyes are extremely big, right? I don't know. I feel uncomfortable. I've had a couple yeah. of coffee today. Okay. I've a couple, some, couple? Yeah, yeah. Coffee. Based off yeah. of our card, I've got some really offensive jokes I'm going to tell today. Cool, cool, cool. Standard, uh, standard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I practice these jokes too. There you go. All right. <laughs> it's good to know that you're prepared, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll just uh, jump into our shit here. Um, so, uh, you know, and before I really jump into it, uh, like always, uh, we appreciate you guys listening, but hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, hit that share button um, on whatever platform you happen to be listening and or watching this on, uh, we would greatly appreciate it. Uh, and now on with the proceedings. Um, so let's talk this week, next week, uh, some shit that we're into for this week and some shit that might be coming up the pike for next week. Right. So, uh, so for next week, uh, we have whose vote counts. Uh, it's a, you remember that show on Netflix? It's, uh, explained. Yes. Um, so my favorite netflix short series yeah they, they've, they've got some really great little short little tidbit stuff that uh is, is pretty informative uh so they've got this limited series for that explained series uh called who's of accounts where they talk about um different uh sort of aspects to the coming um uh to the coming a- a election or i guess maybe it's it involves some stuff about the coming election, but I think it's just in general, like, you know, they talk about how certain votes don't necessarily weigh as much as uh, others, which is a little disheartening before an election, but okay, yeah. I guess we'll, <laughs> you know, we have to accept information when we're given it, you know? So, um, so yeah, so I'm looking forward to that this week. Um, and now it's actually, you know, while we're at it, uh, obviously the election is just right around the corner. So if you haven't ordered your ballot or if you haven't registered to vote, yeah. Do that shit. Yeah. Get Fuck on that like for. ASAP. Absolutely. Uh, you know, if we look, if we're, you know, 10 years from now, we'll, however this election breaks loose, it's going to be a pivotal point in yeah. America's very troubled history. <laughs> we know that the the, la- the last election was, uh, you know, there were a lot of non-voters in the last election, right? I think it was like over 40 million people didn't vote. I hope we don't see those same numbers in this election. Uh, regardless of whatever happens, I think like, the non-voters from last year had the power to influence, greatly influence this election. So yeah. uh, like you said, if you have not registered to vote yet, please register. If you've not ordered your ballot, order your ballot, participate, do something, be a part of change in one way or another. Yeah. And the sooner you do it, the better, because, uh, you know, obviously there's a lot of fuck shit going on with the post office, but then also just like them even counting the ballots uh, is probably going to be yeah. an issue. So the sooner you do it, the better Trust me, you now want to wait to the last minute with this shit because if they could screw you out of you voting, they will certainly. Oh do yeah, that. absolutely. Uh, and so, so yeah. Anyways, um, another thing I'm looking forward to this coming week is on the rocks, which mm-hmm. is uh uh the Rashida Jones, Bill Murray um team up uh for Sofia Coppola's uh film uh, on the rocks. Um, it's going to be premiering on Amazon. Amazon, uh, Apple TV Plus uh, this coming week, uh, which should be good. Who knows? Is Might that fuck around and do Francis a press play on daughter? 
Yeah, Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah, that's his daughter. Just put those two together. Yeah, if you. and I know, so we're going to talk about uh, The Godfather later in, in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but you like how I did that, right? You brought that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good job. Yeah. yeah. I'll give you your cookie later. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You'll, you'll receive that. Oatmeal later. Oatmeal. Yeah, yeah. I'll make sure that it's an oatmeal <laughs> raisin. Um, uh, that's if you listen to our last show, you will get that reference. Last show, uh, our last episode was fantastic, by the way. Yeah. I'll go back and check that oatmeal raisin reference when we talked about um, the film with Zendaya and John David Washington. Malcolm Emery. Uh, yeah, Malcolm, Malcolm Emery. Emery. Um, thanks, Addie. Uh, that's Addie's disembodied voice there. Um, so, uh, so yeah. Um, if you we we're going to talk about the Godfather one, but if we talk about the Godfather three, we have we're going to have some specific things to talk about for that, which gets complicated because Sofia Coppola is in the film, and you'll have opinions. Okay. So. That's far away because that's Godfather three. We yeah, haven't even made it to the first one, and I just finished one. Yeah, uh, I haven't started two. Yeah, um, did you ever watch two? Uh, so I've seen both movies, but it's probably like a while. But it was it was a long time ago, mm. under poor circumstances. <laughs> okay. Do you want to share with the class with the poor circumstances? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, I was dating a girl at the story time. Story time with yeah. every story starts. I was dating a girl. So, <laughs> I was dating a girl at the time, right? We went down to her uh her 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 parents. <laughs> I don't even know where this is going. Her parents' house. I'm not gonna say where. Yeah. That'd be a dead giveaway. <laughs> so we went down to her parents' house on a nice little weekend trip. Yeah. Um and listen, I was just there to fuck, okay? <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's that's I'm being I'm gonna it's be in poor very taste, honest, right? Yeah. So we get there and it's getting late. You know, we had some drink, some beers out in the backyard and we go in the house and I'm like, all right, dad, you know, her dad, not my dad. Yeah. I was like, I was very confused. <laughs> I'm like, all right, dude. Taxi you know. situation? How, was that? I said, I was very confused. Yeah. yeah, taxi yeah, yeah no, my dad wasn't there. I'm like, all right, dude, you know, it's time for you to, you know, pack it in. You know, you're, you're, he was like 60. You're up there. It's, it's bedtime. Yeah. It's yeah. past eight o'clock. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but this motherfucker at like 930 was like, hey, you guys want to watch? No, I think it was like almost like 10, 11 o'clock. He was like, hey, you guys want to watch The Godfather? <laughs> what? And I'm like, oh, he not knew. with he you. Knew. No, no, he knew it was up then. Yeah. yeah you don't suggest to watch Godfather at 9 movie? o'clock at yeah. night. If you're just like, <laughs> Sir, I'm you don't do that on the regular. That's not why fuck? I'm here. Yeah. Um, yeah he was so, trying to protect So he was like, uh, you guys want to watch The Godfather? I'm like, fuck. All right. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm trying to pay attention to the movie. It's really boring. And yeah. I think I've already had a few drinks at that point in time. Uh, and I was getting frustrated at that point. Like <laughs> I'm stuck here. I'm fucking stuck. Yeah. Uh, so we watched The Godfather again. I don't really remember much of it. Again, poor. You watched The Godfather two or one? Uh, we watched one. Right. Okay. So Godfather one finishes. I'm like, yeah, I don't even remember any of that movie. Like fuck yeah. that movie. And then he's like, I'm like, all right, sir, it's time for you to go to bed. He's like, you guys want to watch Godfather two? <laughs> she's she's like. Yeah, dad. And at that point, <laughs> I am furious. Dude. I, I didn't have, I think this was like before I was really on Uber and I was also in college at the time. So I was broke. Yeah. And I'm like, that'd be a two hour Uber ride. I don't got that kind of money. <laughs> so I was like, you know, you guys, I, I think I watched 15 minutes of it and then I was yeah. like, yeah, I'm going to sleep. Guys. Yeah, so I, just, yeah. I went to sleep the next morning. I rushed us out of there. I was like, oh, you know, I got something to do. Like, yeah, can we yeah, like yeah. hit the road? No, no. Well so, played. Hey, well played, dad. Well played. Uh, That's yeah. how you protect your daughter. Yeah. Mother. Well fucking played. Hey, you got to remember these moves when you. Uh, no, when you yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, first of all, I'm not going to have <laughs> him over my house anyway. <laughs> You've got to leave. No, 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 no. No, you have to have him over. The, hey, keep, the keep, young man. Uh, keep your friends close. 
And your enemies closer. Uh, put a chip in them. <laughs> you got to share your <laughs> location services with me. Well, we are going to talk about. if you're about, not my kid. We are going to talk about some technology shit later. So maybe that'll tie into that. You can. you can. Uh, so yeah, those are the circumstances, that though, that I watched Godfather, Godfather under high pressure. Uh, young man's testosterone's raging, which is why I yeah. don't remember any of those movies. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll have to reference that later when we talk about the guy all right uh another thing that uh that we actually got word of this past week is um uh is yara shahidi to play tinkerbell uh in david lowry's uh peter pan and wendy uh so i didn't even know that movie was even happening but apparently it is uh and uh and so we're, we're, we're getting uh yara shahidi who uh she's of blackish fame um mm-hmm. so his eldest daughter in blackish uh great actress um you know uh she's uh doing a lot of things with a uh, grownish uh is a spinoff of blackish um and she's leading that um so that that's actually pretty exciting news and i didn't even know david lowry was directing the film um i don't know if you know uh if, if you're necessarily uh, f- uh familiar with him but he uh, he was uh, the director of actually one of my uh, really favorite movies that, that have come out recently. I think it's another twenty uh, eight twenty four movie, uh, but it's uh, a ghost story with um, um, uh, Rooney Mara. Right. That's her name. Right. Rooney mm-hmm. Mara. Uh, Mara uh, Rooney. Mara Rooney. Yeah. Yeah. OK. Mara Rooney, um, as well as uh, Casey Affleck, which, you know, we don't like mentioning his name too much nowadays, but. Oh, yeah. Didn't he do enough. some. Yeah, yeah, he did a couple things a little while back. Were, yeah, yeah, he got caught a couple. He's a touchy uh, feely guy. Yeah, <laughs> caught a couple of, uh, accusations, as they say. Um, but uh, but it was a fantastic movie, nonetheless. Uh, also, he, uh, uh, I believe, he directed uh, the the movie um, The Green Knight, which uh, which is another movie that I'm actually looking forward to seeing. It hasn't come out yet, but anyways, I think he's a fantastic director. Looking forward to this Peter Pan. Um, and, uh, and Wendy movie uh, and Yara Shahidi, of course, is, uh, is now playing Tinkerbell. Yeah. So, so that, I got to throw one in the hat here too. Sure, sure. Um, so I, th- I actually thought this show came out, uh, next week. Uh, it actually came out this week, Yeah. but second episode is coming out next week. So still, we're, we're still following the rules this week, next week. Very confusing. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, this is a new show that actually, uh, premiered on Apple TV plus, uh, so one of the original series that they've been working on called Tehran. Uh, so this show follows uh, like a Mossad agent who embarks on her first mission as a computer hacker in her hometown of Tehran, which is in Iran. Uh, really interesting. Like the premise, there's a really like there's a much longer synopsis for it. Um, the trailer for this show looks really good. Um, the cast of the show looks like a you know a great ensemble. Um, uh, the storyline again following this Mossad agent who is a, a computer hacker and she's working in her hometown uh, of Tehran. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen a trailer for this show, watch the trailer. I think you're really going to like it. Uh, it's on Apple TV+. Plus. This is definitely going to be on, like, it's high on my to-watch list. And we've been waiting for Apple TV+, Plus to put out, like, a lot of these uh, these big, like, um, content features that they've been working on. Yeah. And I think this is going to be one of their better ones. Yeah, you know what? I can't really, uh, I don't really give a shit about the uh, Homeland uh you don't like the uh, uh the, the the espionage no nah, because it's what? all the same shit it's just somebody did it's the, every i think 24 ruined it for me right like because it's just like 24 it's hard to really top that it's just so action-packed so fake though it was super fake it was I just keeper sutherland running around fucking saving the country every 24 hours is that fake? 
I don't know. Super fake. I don't know if it's fake. He no. never had like a doctor's appointment. Yeah. Never had a migraine. Never had a pee. He never had, never had, had to use the bathroom. Yeah. Never ate. Nothing. Yeah. yeah never saw his kids. He had kids. I don't know. Wife was unhappy. She never saw him. She was going to be unhappy anyway. She probably was happy that she yeah. never saw him. <laughs> yeah. He was always out of the house. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I, I think, think there are better shows. Homeland was a phenomenal show. I think yeah. this show might follow like that kind of similar like the Americans. The Americans was great. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, this show looks exciting. If you haven't yeah. seen the trailer for it, I highly recommend you watch it. Apple TV Plus. Yep. Yeah. Uh, an- another sort of... Uh, thing that uh that got dropped uh towards the end of the, this past week was that uh uh, uh Javicia uh, uh, Leslie uh she posted a, a picture of her um whoops sorry I didn't mean to hit that uh she posted a picture of her as a Batwoman uh, yeah. now you know we we did a story a while back where uh, uh so we were, Ruby Rose who previously played uh Batwoman what yeah. was the character's name again uh uh I didn't watch it, so I couldn't yeah, tell yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Ruby Rose, who re- who played Batwoman in season one, yeah. um, stepped away. I believe due to like, I don't even know if what the real story is. I think there was like creative differences. There were some like uh, working I don't, struggles. Oh, Kate Kane. I think that's Kate what. Uh, yep. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think it was. Uh, I think it was like there was like some physical stuff too, right? Because uh, Ruby Rose, she hurt her back, I think, or neck, something like that. Uh, either right before she did it. Uh, this this role as Batwoman, or I think early in the process for doing it, I think she got seriously injured, um, and that just created a you know a whole bit of stress for her. But then also, I think there was some stuff behind the scenes as far as you know them sort of getting along and shit. Um, I saw two episodes. Yeah, I'm not gonna she look. We did not we, do a good job. And we just got news this week that uh, this next season of Supergirl is going to be the final. Oh, thank God. Yeah, Whew. that show was uh, it was brutal. I'm not gonna lie. And look, I look, I I saw the whole. Well, so. Now, granted, it could have gotten better. I saw all of season one of Supergirl. Yeah. Uh, I, I was like, yo, there's going to be so much great story here to tell. They did no. not tell it. No, no, no. Uh, yeah. It, and it, it's like really like, you know, Smallville kind of set the standard mm-hmm. for like, okay, like these, you know, uh, superhero adaptions on TV. Smallville was like a standard, right? Supergirl, uh, Batwoman. They were all so much worse than Smallville like ever was at any yeah. <laughs> at any point. And Smallville got pretty bad. Like it had some high points, but it also had some fairly low points. Yeah. And it, granted, these, these shows start at those low points. These are all DC series. We know the DC yeah. cinematic universe in itself is not very they good. They just need to stop going to the fucking CW to create these shows. They gotta yeah. they gotta even though Supergirl did start on I think on CBS or I think I think it did start on it's, CBS. It's still in the DCU. Still, so. still, it got somehow migrated over to the CW. They're like, no, it feels like a CW kind of thing, and it for damn sure was. Yeah, they just need it. I think they need to start from scratch with this whole entire Arrowverse situation. Um, but just, uh, just like delete it. Yeah, all. just uh, yeah, yeah, permanently uh, delete. Yeah, yeah. Do not even save it in the <laughs> trash. Don't <laughs> don't keep it in the trash can. <laughs> yeah. You can restore it permanently. Delete yeah, it yeah, off yeah. of the hard drive. You know how to ask you that question afterwards? Like, yeah. Are you sure you, are you, want, sure you want to do yes. this? Yes, yeah, yeah. absolutely Click. sure. I'm offended. You asked. <laughs> all right. Uh, with that being said, let's jump into our first uh, story here. Uh, let's talk about. Um, a new film or a new series is it a film all right series i think i believe it's a series uh that's uh that's coming out uh on hulu nonetheless uh this is books of blood uh so let me give you the quick synopsis a, a journey into uncharted territory through three stories or i'm sorry three three tales uh tangled in the space and time 
Um, so that's nice and vague. Um, yeah, super vague. So we have the the creator of the series, uh, Brandon uh, Braga, as well as uh, Braga wrote it, as well as uh, Adam Simon. And this is actually based off of a book, um, or I guess a series of books uh, by Clive uh, Barker and stars uh, Britt Robertson, uh, Anna uh, Farrell, or Friel, uh, Rafi Gavron, and Corey Lee. This is due out October 7th of this year. And like I said, on uh, on Hulu. Um, what did you think of the trailer? So the trailer looked really interesting. Uh, yeah. I don't typically do like uh, like these types of... Uh, this looks pretty scary. And I don't like scary <laughs> All shit. Right, that's not... Yeah, that's not saying so much because you get scared of literally everything. So yeah, I don't like scary shit. This looks scary, <laughs> but I do feel like there's like some really interesting story behind this. Uh, so this lead actor that we're seeing here, Rafi uh, Gavron, I believe is. Gav- I'm not throwing, trying to throw any sauce. Yeah, yeah, on Gavron, just, Rafi Gavron. Gavron. I'm just saying um, Gavron. I, I've liked him in everything I'm see, seeing him in. I think he's like a seller up and coming actor in Hollywood. Um, I, again. The story here looks really good. It looks like there's some rich content behind this. This first trailer looks really interesting. The cast looks interesting. Uh, this is something I would watch, despite the fact that I don't like scary movies mm. or shows. Yeah, truth be told, as we were sort of progressing through the trailer, I kept wanting to be like scared, right? But we get the first big jump scare when he dives onto the, you know, he fucking acts like he's he's going, you know, when you're the first down's right there, you know, get the first down and he's like diving for it. Um, didn't really find that scary. That was pretty like obvious that that's where they were going with that. Um, and then as we progress through the trailer, we get a little bit more of Britt Robertson, uh, Britt Robertson rather. Uh, and uh, it's obviously like, you know, they were trying to be a little more mum with exactly what's going on here. But I don't know, was it me or was the whole like roach thing not scary? Where like a roach just crawls out of the wall and then she's like, oh my God. I'm like, well, I mean, are you just staying at a really like, you know, well, if you just listen to your house, you know, that could be pretty, pretty scary. <laughs> Right now you got property values. That's very true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now the house is going to be on the market for three more months. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to lose a lot of money. Yeah. But uh, so that wasn't scary to me. I I think that was kind of like a you know we've seen that done before. Yeah. But unlike American Horror Story, right, which is kind of like what I'm somewhat likening this to, Mm -hmm. is I feel like American Horror Story is really about those like those like terrifying moments, right? Whereas this, from the trailer that I see here, like the scene where like you know the girl walks across the street as he's driving the car yeah. are I feel like there's more story here than I got from American Horror Story which is just more scary Maybe. which is why when I saw this trailer I was like okay like this is something I could watch because at least there's going to be story behind it all Maybe we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I guess in time. Uh, so it's what, also on Hulu. So maybe we won't. Cause <laughs> I don't really spend much time there. Fair enough. Uh, so uh, what's interesting is is that so obviously we didn't get that much from the synopsis of that they're releasing for this uh, this year. Although that is terrifying Yikes. with her getting a fucking needle in the eye. Ugh. I can't tell you how terrifying that is to to look at a needle as it's about to go into your eye. Which I think for some procedures, at least as far as uh, I watch enough House to know that this is I guess a thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but where they they have to like keep your eye open. You're you're still like looking and yeah. you see the fucking needle going in. Yeah, that's just no bueno. That's, yeah, uh, no. that's no good. How, how many no good. years of my life like are you saving by doing this? Oh, you'll live three more years. I'll do it out. I, I don't need those extra three <laughs> yeah. years. I'll pass. Family won't miss me that much. They no. actually don't like me that much. <laughs> All right. Um, so uh, the, the book synopsis for this uh, gives us a bit more detail than than what the uh, what I am is getting us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, a psychic researcher, Mary uh, Florescu, um, has employed a quack medium named Simon McNeil uh, to investigate a haunted house. Alone in an upstairs room, McNeil um, 
uh, at first fakes uh, visions, but then the ghosts attack him for real and uh, carve words in his flesh, uh, comprising the rest of the stories as uh, a literal living uh, book of blood. So that gives us at least a little bit more flavor to to what this is uh, this is all about. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I, I don't find it you know all that interesting. But I'll check it out a little bit. I mean, you know, if, I'll if, check out a couple episodes. You yeah, know, if, if you like releases, the, this yeah. this genre of of film or TV, I think this is uh this is a show that on the surface looks really interesting. Yeah. Um. So, and what's interesting is that it was also a movie in 2009 that they already made a movie about this, uh, or an adaption to the book, uh, or a series, or maybe it was just a book. I don't know. Um. But uh. But now we're getting sort of like a revamped uh version of it in, in a Hulu series form. Uh, so yeah, we've got that to, uh, to look forward to. And like I said, that is due out October 7th of this particular year. Uh, we trek forward. So we, we get some news of that and, you know, that's scary, you know, yada, yada. Uh, so, you know, what was scary was that black Adam trailer. Cause it was garbage is it was scarily bad yeah uh, is, is what that was uh, it was just a bunch of like still motion graphics i think it was yeah. just like one graphic and they just moved the graphic <laughs> yeah. across the screen to give you the uh yeah. the illusion of motion but yeah. it was just one one photo they didn't even like they didn't even really bother to really uh like like you know in certain animations they the bells and whistles and shit yeah. like that they were like uh just still graphics and like maybe like they, they did like cartoon like puppets yeah. like you know they hired somebody on fiverr yeah. to uh <laughs> yeah. to put together and they that, only that paid that him four bucks for like, yeah, yeah. we could only give you four sorry <laughs> we can't do five um but uh in in black adam news uh we hear that uh aldish uh or aldish aldis Hodge uh, is cast as the new Hawkman in uh, the series. So I'll read from uh, here from an article, uh, an article from Collider. Uh, new Lines uh, Black Adam movie has found its Hawkman uh, as Aldous Hodge, uh, who who starred in uh, The Invisible Man, um, has been cast as the DC uh, superhero alongside um, DJ. That's what I call him, you know, because we're we're on a nickname basis. <laughs> we're, we're not. I don't. I don't know at all. Um, but, uh, uh, so obviously along with, um, the rock, uh, so Aldous Hodge will, will be playing Hawkman. Uh, so just give you a little bit of background on Hawkman. Hawkman is the alter ego of Carter Hall an archeologist turned adventurer who struggles with, uh, anger issues. He is an old soul literally in that he was, uh, one of two lovers from ancient, uh, Egypt. Anytime they have to do some shit, it's always just ancient Egypt. Right? Like they don't. They don't yeah. know what the fuck. That's that the easy plug and play. He's major. Don't think too hard. Yeah. About <laughs> uh, who is Dustin? At least he's a black guy this time, and, and not like, <laughs> and not like the whitest of white people. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, no, no, he's from ancient Zac Egypt. Yeah. yeah, from yeah. ancient <laughs> Egypt. No. But a little bit of tan. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, who uh, is to be uh, constantly uh, reincarnated throughout space and time. Eventually, he is born again as Hawk theme hero who could fly. With the help of giant wings and an alien uh, element called uh, Nith, I believe it's pronounced metal, Neith metal, I don't know, uh, which uh, negates gravity. Uh, so, um, so yeah, we're, you know, I'm actually excited about this because I, I think Aldous Hodge, he's kind of one of those dudes who's been in the background in Hollywood for, for a, a long time. And yeah, I, I, I mean, he's got a pretty stellar resume. He has a, he has a fantastic resume. Um, you know, uh, one of the more recent films obviously is uh, Straight Outta Compton um, mm -hmm. that I, I think he played, is it? Uh, so he played MC Ren in MC Straight Outta Ren, Compton. Yeah, yeah. And more recently than that, he was also in Hidden Figures. 
Okay, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The film yeah, with uh, Taraji P. Henson. Yeah. Um, where he was in Die Hard, nineteen ninety-five. Yes, and and to speak to some of his older stuff, uh, where I actually do know him from was actually Supernatural. He was in the second season of Supernatural for like the, the like the last like two episodes. Okay. Of that season, and he he's infamous for killing Sam Winchester. Sorry for anybody who hasn't watched Supernatural yet. Um, for killing Sam Winchester, thus yeah. jump-starting the apocalypse, essentially. And he was um, also in uh, Brian Banks, too. You met, you yeah, yeah. The story of Brian yeah, Banks. Yeah. So he was, he played yeah, it came Brian out not Banks too long ago, like, I think maybe a year or two ago. Yeah, so, he, I mean, yeah. he's done um, some pretty, he's done some pretty, some really good work and played, like, a dynamic range of characters. Again, yes, he played M.C. Yeah. Ren in uh, Straight Outta Compton. He was in Hidden Figures. He was in, he played Brian Banks. Uh, so he's slowly been building, like, a, a stellar resume for himself. And he uh, played Voodoo Tatum. In what? Friday Night Lights. The series? Yeah, the series. I never saw the series. You got son of a bitch. Are you kidding? You never, never how do you how are you what? You can't win if Booby don't I spin. Don't <laughs> I saw the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see the TV. Series. Doesn't mean you can't watch a fucking Put Booby series. in. You can't win if Booby don't spin. <laughs> Yo, that was the shit back in high school. I remember that. Uh, yeah, Friday Still, Night Lights was the shit. Movie. The series is fantastic. I I, I love the series. Uh, it got a little campy towards the end, but I think that the series is, is great. But, but anyways, back to the movie. Um, so we we hear that Aldous Hodge is is of course playing Hawkman. Um, so to to give you a little bit more information about the movie itself, uh, uh, Jamee, um, I believe is Colette. Sarah, uh, who I believe directed Jungle Cruise, is directing uh, the comic book movie, which will also feature Noah uh, Centineo um, as uh, Black. Uh, I'm sorry, as Adam Smasher. Um, and so, so yeah, as as this movie sort of gets sort of flushed out, we're hearing a little bit more details about it. Uh, and what we're going to get is like an introduction to the Justice Society of America, uh, which. Uh, if I'm going to be perfectly honest, in every pretty much every iteration of it, it's always been kind of lame to me. To the like Justice League, Justice, Justice Society, or Justice Society of America, it's always been kind of whack. But yeah, whatevs. Um, but uh, one of the people who in it that I actually really think is dope is uh, Doctor Fate, um, which is uh, I believe he can kind of like control time, or he can see into the future, or whatever the case is, because uh, he has like this fucking like helmet or some shit that can that can do that. I thought I always thought he's pretty dope. Um, but uh but yeah so so we're getting a little bit more details about black adam um especially with this this casting so yeah i mean this, this looks good and it expands the uh the dcu a bit right um so some backstory we know hawkman's wife hawk woman also a part of the like the justice league um, or justice society rather uh well, i think he well justice league oh, i know that for sure yeah so okay. part of the justice league there uh justice society as well i guess whatever gives a shit it doesn't matter society. yeah I, I have no fucking one idea the same the they're, they're probably all racist anyway um, so that's fine so <laughs> <laughs> so i think what happens here it, it just expands the dcu a little bit more right now we're dealing with like more like cosmic entities we're dealing with like uh kind of like what's happening in the marvel cinematic universe where they're expanding that they're expanding it here as well um i wonder if this is an opportunity to introduce Hawkwoman, who uh is a great character in the dcu um, as well as like introduce some of the other characters from the again the uh, the Justice League, uh, who, who, the Martian. Are they going to introduce him? Are, is, yeah. are they going to reintroduce Green Lantern in some way or some shape or form? Um, so really, a lot of like really interesting opportunity here. Um, and I think this is just a great casting overall. Yeah, yeah. Uh... So Black Adam, I think there was like, some excitement around the Rock finally stepping into like a a true superhero character. Um, I think 
what's going to build excitement for this film is who they continue to cast around him. So far, this casting here, I think it's great. Now we have to see who else. Yeah. Uh, who, so you got the dude Noah from all those uh, little teeny bopper movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, like, what is it? Uh, I Forgot to Kiss Somebody or something like that. What was the movie? Come on, you prob- know the, probably that. Yeah. All the boys I I've kissed. Kiss the girl. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Same, same thing. It was yeah. the same exact thing we just said. <laughs> <laughs> and who's directing this movie? Uh, so, uh, Jume, Jamu, ah, Jamu or Jume, uh, Colette, Sarah. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you did that well. That's exactly I, I what her parents named her. You didn't butcher it. <laughs> I don't at know all. if it's her, but <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So, so yeah, that's uh, some interesting moves. Uh, it's, it feels like, you know, all the casting news is hitting us both, uh, fast and furious. Uh, not that that has anything to do Nothing. with the next thing that I'm talking about, but, <laughs> but it's a movie um, and this is a movie, a movie. It's, it's movie a thing. TV and film. Podcast. Yeah. Uh, but in other superhero related news, uh, or in the world of, of superheroes, um, we get, um, Samuel Jackson is returning as Nick Fury for uh, uh, Marvel Disney Plus series, which uh, I'm fucking looking forward to. I think it's fantastic that we're 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 getting um, Sam uh, Jackson back as uh, Nick Fury. I think I think he's one of the best things about the whole Marvel series, like absolutely uh, or uh, MCU. Um, it all basically started with him, right? Him and Robert Downey Jr., you know, in uh, Iron Man 1. Although I guess maybe you can throw in like the Hulk uh, with that as well, right? What was what was before Iron Man? Uh, the Hulk, yeah. I don't know. Was the Hulk? I don't know if the Hulk was before like Iron Man or Eric Banner's Hulk. I think it was uh, think not the, not Eric Banner um, or Eric Banner. Um, uh, Edward Norton. Edward Norton's Hulk? Yeah, his, his Hulk was uh, was kind of in the universe because I don't know if you remember the end scene from that. Or end credit scene from that, but it's um, Robert Downey Jr. coming in and basically saying, "Hey, I'm gonna talk to you about this thing we're trying to put together." Yeah, was it the Avengers? No, nah, it wasn't the Avengers Initiative. It was just like, yeah, that. no, it was the Avengers. It was that? Yeah, okay. That's that's why, or that's that. That was kind of like the pretext for. Ah, okay. Um, so it was yeah. Edward Norton's Hulk, not Eric Banner's Hulk, which. I think Eric Banner's Hulk was better than Edward Norton's Hulk. No, Eric, but Banner's not better than Hulk Mark Ruffalo's was Hulk. Stupid. You didn't like Eric Banner's Hulk? No, it was dumb. What? I thought that movie was great. He just keeps growing exponentially for for no discernible reason other than he gets angrier. So he I just thought the storyline there was better, and the villain. And um, what, wait, what was Nick the Nolte sure, who sure. played his what, father? What was the storyline? Uh, so I mean, he gets the gamma ready, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you no, know, I, you know, I don't no, remember what I'm talking lying about. Lying your uh, goddamn so. teeth when you start saying. Uh, I was just gonna tell you the Hulk uh, story. Like, you know, he gets the gamma radiation, and then he gets angry. Oh, Fucking shit. bill collectors keep calling him. <laughs> you know, it was a good story. <laughs> but it was a good his movie. wife left him, as you always like to yeah. say. With <laughs> kids, don't call him. He gets mad. Of course he does. Um. Yeah, uh, but anyways, um, so uh, here, here's an, you know a little bit from uh, an article from Variety. So Samuel Jackson is set to reprise his role as Nick Fury in a new Marvel series currently in developed at uh, Disney Plus. Uh, Variety uh, has learned exclusively. Yada yada. Uh, the exact plot details of the show are being kept kept under wraps, uh, but multiple sources say Sam Jackson is attached to star with uh, uh, Kyle Bradstreet uh, attached to write and executive produce, like all the other Marvel uh, shows at Disney Plus, Marvel Studios will produce. Uh, so Bradstreet is notable because most recently he worked uh, worked as a writer and executive producer on the uh, 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 USA series um, Mr. Robot, which I tell say less, just yeah. do it, run it. Why aren't yeah. you doing it now? You know, because uh, I I am an emphatic fan of Mr. Robot. I think it's probably 
one of, if not rivaling or competing for the best series that I've I've ever seen. I think it's one of the most complete stories that I've seen out of a series um, ever. Um, and so if he had a hand in, in producing that, do what you got to do with this this Nick Fury series. It's, it's yeah. bound to be great. So lately I've been watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on Netflix. Um, Nick Fury's character has been like a, a, a kind of like a large shadow over the course of this series. I mean, I'm on season three. And they've been talking about him throughout the entire episode as the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. and S.H.I.E.L.D. Falls. And I love how they incorporate like what's going on in the MCU, or like in the films into the series. Like they address the fallout of Ultron. They address, you know, they talk about Thor and, and Hulk and Captain America and all these other characters. Nick Fury does appear in one episode um, in which he helps... Uh, um, who's the guy? Agent uh, Coulson. Agent Col- Agent Phil Coulson, um, and then ultimately steps down as the director of Shield, and Phil Coulson is now the director of Shield. So I wonder if this show is going to follow that, right? In which uh, uh, Nick Fury is no longer the director of Shield, and he's kind of started his own well, uh, Black so Ops project. If we, if we remember, and you know, sorry if you haven't watched the movie, but if we remember, the last time we saw Nick Fury was uh, in uh, Spider-Man: Far From Home where we see that he's on the uh, scroll ship um just in his fucking you know in his pjs you know just chillaxing uh, yeah, yeah. in outer space he's on like vacation uh, or something like that yeah you know uh, and i think he's like all right i guess i'll go back to work now you know um mm-hmm. so uh so yeah so i think uh it's probably going to pick up from 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 there as far as maybe he's trying to get back into the fold of things obviously he's not necessarily going to be directly involved with shield based on a number of fucking things that's you know every iteration of shield is just always shit right yeah <laughs> it's just always like yeah we're gonna start shield back up oh fuck it's corrupt again fuck what do yeah. we do so i mean it sounds like so far it's following it right because in agents of shield he um steps down as a director he says he's gonna go on vacation probably go to the beach and yeah. then we see him at the end of um uh, far from home far from home yeah on the scroll ship in like that like digitally augmented like beach uh, environment and then yep. now he's coming back to work which is more than likely going to be him reprising his role as Nick Fury in this Disney Plus TV series. Yeah. Um no longer as a director of Shield but probably in like another Black Ops. Sure. Uh, that's initiative. that's all he knows. You yeah. Know, you can only do what you know. And uh yeah, I, I don't think he knows how to do anything except for this but whole like you said thing. Nick Fury one of the best uh characters in the in the MCU, uh one of the non like uh, you know, enhanced individuals in the MCU. Uh great character, Samuel L. Jackson. Can't yeah. do no wrong. No, no, I think Samuel L. Jackson, he like he's the glue that sort of holds it all together. I think every movie that he's been in in the MCU, he's made that much better. Absolutely. Um you know, I remember, you know, obviously Age of Ultron, not the best movie, you know. You know it could be better. I liked it. It was okay. It was okay. Um, but it immediately gets better once we see Nick Fury back yeah. in the fold. I think he just Sam Sam Jackson just adds something to the to, yeah definitely to the in, role, um, in to a, the, uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Um, oh, that he, that car great, chase scene, fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, one of the most memorable uh, I think car chase scenes, uh, definitely in the MCU. Um, but I think just in general, I think it was just a fantastic. Uh, at least the suspense of it all uh, yeah, was, was yeah, really yeah. good. Uh, all right. So uh, so we move from, again, one other uh, uh, superhero related sort of um, uh, news that uh, Sam Jackson is back as Nick Fury. Um, uh, he, here we get a much different, uh, um, some much different news as we hear that uh, we are officially getting a Peacemaker series starring John Cena, you know, different um, some different uh, histories there between Sam Jackson and uh, John Cena, you know, one, you know, 
Academy Award winning, um, you know, has he won it? I'm pretty sure he's won. He's had to. Ha- has, has to yeah. have, have won some sort of award. Um, if, if he hasn't, then we need then, to launch an no. investigation into the Academy. And then fuck them forever. Which like they're probably already under investigation. <laughs> they are always under investigation. Um, but, uh, you know, and then we get John Cena, who... <laughs> Is that, is that a sound effect? Uh, he does have a great sound effect. I'll give him yeah. that. Um, but uh, but yeah. So uh, let me just read here from the article from uh, an article from Variety. I don't know why I can't speak today. Uh, HBO Max is given a straight to series order for Peacemaker, a spinoff from the upcoming Suicide Squad film. John Cena will play the uh, the title role, reprising his role from the film. Uh, the film's writer and director James Gunn will also write uh, the series and direct multiple episodes, including the pilot. Uh, HBO Max has ordered eight episodes of the show based on the DC Comics character, which is described uh, as an, an action adventure comedy. Uh, the exact plot of the film, uh, the series, is being kept under wraps, but it's said to explore the origins of Peacemaker, a man who believes uh, in peace at any cost, no matter how many people he has to kill to get it. Uh, sounds very familiar. A production is slated to begin uh, in early 2020, or I'm sorry. 2021 um prior to gun starting work on guardians of the galaxy uh galaxy volume three the suicide squad is set to uh, be released in theaters august 6th uh, 2021 um so uh what's also interesting about this is that um actually you know what let's just talk about that first before we jump into the other stuff that i want to talk about but um yeah so what do you think about the uh the you can't see me guy uh getting his own series this could be great or it could be an absolute disaster could go either way um there has to be unfortunately is you know i think john cena has put together you know a solid body of work right he's not like an a-list actor right has he put together a solid body for what for the style of acting that he does like b-list kind of like action movies you know he'll play the security guard who ends up has the like jack security guard who ends up having to save everybody okay i i I am doing i i was being a dick uh he has actually done a a lot of good things he he did i remember he did uh, sisters uh with um tina fey and uh amy poehler uh which he played like this like tattooed like muscle bound dude um which was cool uh then he had the um the other movie where he has like a daughter and they all have uh, like i think teenage daughters and they are trying to prevent them from like having sex and shit uh i forget exactly what that uh movie was called um he plays a certain like type of role right where he's like Obviously, he's like muscular and he's like a bigger guy. He looks like formidable, but John Cena manages to have a like a comedic uh, sensibility. To he does, him, right? He's a, he's a funny guy. He can be funny when he needs to, but he can also do the action just because of his size. And he's a 16, 16 time WWE World Champion, so he can do his own stunts. And he looks the part, right? Yeah. And when you're watching a John Cena movie you know what to expect, right? It's going to be a little bit funny. There's going to be some action in there, and and you know. You're gonna get a get a pre, pretty good blend of both. Yeah, and he's he's actually um, he's actually going to be starring in um, obviously the the new uh, Suicide the, Squad uh, movie. Well, the, the Suicide Squad, but then the upcoming Fast and Furious movie uh, he plays. Yeah, somehow Dom's brother, which never talked about. Never at any point in time it. not in the first 32. Even though Fast he talks about Furious family, movies. you know, yeah. uh, every other sentence is family. Yeah, I gotta care about. You family. got a brother. 
but you got a brother that you've never even mentioned this entire time. Okay. So what happens next? Cool, cool, now, cool. Uh, I bet in like Fast and Furious 10 or 11, they introduce like Dom's kids. <laughs> what, the, right? what kind of world do you live in? Fast and Furious 10 or 11. Fuck. Why? <laughs> oh, you, you know they're coming. Of course Dom's they're coming. Have yeah. kids, and they're probably just going to introduce them into the movie. And they've never, he's never talked about his kids. Never paid child support. <laughs> but he's still going to be on that like family shit. The family. <laughs> um. Yeah, uh, yeah, this is, uh, it's all very fucking, whatever. Uh, nobody cares about that. Um, talking about Peacemaker, um, this is interesting because we're actually going to talk about a story here in a sec uh, that w- I love these stories now that we're getting about superheroes who are just dicks. Like, I, I, I actually, I really like that because it's like, it's, it's a good analogy to sort of use, or I guess a metaphor to use for real world, right? Like that we look at these like larger than life people, right? Uh, or that we put them on the pedestal that they're larger than life, right? These celebrities, these government officials, uh, these um, uh, CEOs, you know, we're like, oh my gosh, you know, they've gotten to this position. They're great. They're awesome. They're superhuman. These athletes, they're great, but they're pretty decent amount of them are assholes you know yeah. and, and it's like and you can tell by just especially here in america like just how shitty things are uh would dictate to you that like yeah like the people in charge you know who we put up on these pedestals they're dicks and so i think that this sort of this way of sort of like conveying that of like superheroes like being like the most powerful and we're so used to them being polite and nice and like saving cats and trees but what if they're just like nah I'm an asshole, you know, and so we get that a little bit of that in uh, the series, The Boys. Uh, and so I think this is sort of uh, going to to follow that same. And I think it really kind of started with uh, The Watchmen. Yeah. Um, yeah. That we got like where the, you can like yeah. humanize uh, a lot of these superheroes, like yeah. the regular people. A lot of them are flawed. The, yeah, the Watchmen was a perfect example. You got you had Rorschach, who's very flawed. You had the comedian yeah. um, who I kind of liken uh, this character to. Yeah, uh, and the Peacemaker is a pretty interesting character, right? Like. You know, I'm here to create peace at all costs, which is, um, which you can resonate with because sometimes peace is not peaceful. Well, that, in, in order to get to that thing, you well, may have to take that's a like America's shtick, right? Hey, we want to create peace by bombing the shit out of other countries. That's yeah. exactly that's so. What, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah there, there's always a, a a ton of fucking irony in that. Um, so, like I said, I wish the best. For John Cena in this role, I, again, it, this can go great or it can go terribly wrong. Um, this is on HBO Max. I, I think they're going to fuck up the marketing. Uh, uh, of course, I mean they fucked up the marketing for HBO Max because um, we still don't know what it is. Oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah, so, I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's new on it. I don't know what's going on. I don't, I don't, know, I don't know how it it's is. different from HBO Go, HBO Now, whatever the fuck it is. Very confusing, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, branding or... Uh, no, that's it, very uh, confusing yeah, branding, yeah. Uh, brand differentiation. There you go. That's what I was was looking for, brand differentiation. Um, so in a, a little bit of uh, other news as well. So Peacemaker is uh, is now the second television um, expansion of DC franchise at HBO Max. It was announced in July that Matt Reeves and Terrence Winter um, had uh, received a serious commitment uh, from the streamer to create a series about uh, the Gotham PD. Uh, the series is meant to uh, tie in the upcoming Batman film starring Robert Pattinson. Mm. Um, so, okay, yeah, about that uh, I think this might be a little overkill. Maybe they're overreaching with this a little bit because we did have Gotham on Fox that precisely oh, nobody watched. That show. Yeah. I- I've seen a couple episodes. Horrible. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that terrible. was terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm not going to lie. And I'm actually a big fan of uh, what's his name? Um, who's the guy from the OC? Um, uh, Benjamin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I keep one. I want to say Bren, Benjamin Bratt. But I don't I know his name, not, but yeah. the kid from the OC. McKenzie Benjamin McKenzie or something, something like that. I think yeah, so. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I yeah, I, I was always a fan of his. But uh, but yeah, I did not like that series. That was a good show back in the day. The, the OC? OC. You know, it's one of those things where if you said you watched it, it's like you watched the OC. What, what everybody? Twelve year old girl. Yeah. It's like I don't know. I thought it was cool. My man. brother uh, Fabian, uh, he used to make fun of me for watching the OC. Yeah. Yeah. You want to get payback now? It was a good show. There's a bit of like, I want to get payback in that in your voice there. You're like, yeah, no, no. Yeah, I, wanna... <laughs> I just, I just, I just remember that. I, th- I think it was a good show. People used to make fun of it. And now, like you said, when when you mention it, people take a strong stance against. Yeah. it. Yeah. Either, no. either they loved it. They're like, yeah, I watched no. it. Look, uh, you know, this is America. Love who you love. Love to watch what you watch. Okay. <laughs> um, um, but again, yeah, the Peacemaker uh, on HBO Max. When is the show scheduled, or was it, is it just like announced? Is I think it was just announced. I don't think that there's a uh, there's a there's a date on it, uh, so to speak. Yeah. Here's what um, will tell whether or not there's going to be a show. We're gonna have to go. We're gonna have to see the Peacemaker character and what John Cena does in the yeah. upcoming Suicide uh, Squad two film. Yeah, I think a uh, production on this is is going to begin at the beginning of 2021. So uh, so we'll get it maybe sometime in 2021 or possibly uh, 2022, um, if the world is still here by then. Um, okay, so uh, with all that being said, uh, we are um, getting again some more superhero related shit. Uh, so we get the uh, the boys, uh, which is a fantastic series. If you haven't watched it on Amazon Prime, do yourself a favor, watch the series on, on Amazon Prime. Crazy ass series uh, is, is, is what this is. Um, it, so uh, Amazon's, uh, and I'm just gonna read from an article from Deadline here. Um, Amazon's superhero series, The Boys is getting a spinoff set uh, in superhero college. Um, so set at America's only uh, college exclusively for young adult superheroes. Um, and in the series, uh, you have this uh, Vought corporation that essentially like made the superhero. Well, and spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't watched. But um, the Untitled uh, Boy spinoff is described as an irreverent um, R-rated series that explores the lives uh, of hormonal um, competitive uh, soups as they uh, put their physical, sexual, and moral boundaries to the test, competing for the best contracts in the best cities. Uh, part college uh, show, part Hungry Games, uh, with all the heart, uh, satire, and raunch of the boys. The project is written by the boys' executive producer, Craig Rose- Rosenberg, um, and uh, and it's been in sort of the works for a while. It's been uh, fast-tracked in light of the success for the original series, second season, uh, which has marked the most watched global launch for any um, uh, Amazon original series ever. Uh, the boys for season already had a, a set high uh, viewership for Amazon uh, when it debuted in summer 2019. In the first two weeks, uh, season two has already doubled the season one worldwide audience, um, drawing millions of new viewers each week. Uh, there's still some stuff I want to talk about for the boys, but what do you think of this news? Of this uh, so the boys is definitely, I mean, you've been like raving about this show. Um, I may actually start this show this weekend. Uh, see, so I, I I went and rewatched the season one trailer mm-hmm. uh, yesterday mm-hmm. when you know obviously we added this uh, this announcement to the card and I was like okay let me like kind of refamiliarize myself with this show and what it's about. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize that it looked so good and I, I read some like articles about it, some like blog posts about like you know how series one, uh, how the season one went and what to expect from season two. I've got a few shows on my two watch list. I don't know how I'm going to fit them all in. I got Tehran, which we talked about earlier. I'm watching Agents of Shield. Blacklist just put season 
seven on Netflix. Now I gotta watch The Boys season one to get ready for season two. The, I gotta watch The Social Dilemma. It's the gift and the curse the of the time. Ray J sex tape again because well, I like you to don't watch that. You've watched, watched that plenty. You don't have to watch. Uh, it I like to watch it once. Yeah, more. All right, fair enough. Uh, so I got a lot of stuff to watch, but <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, The Boys season one is definitely on the list. Uh, yeah. Quick question though, before sure, we get sure. into it, if you had a superpower, yeah, and obviously you got to give yourself a superhero name. What would it be? Real quick, real quick. A power. Uh, so I would probably go with um, instant transmission. Mm. I'd go with uh, the shit Goku had uh, because yeah, yeah, there's nothing I do better than be late to places. So <laughs> I feel like that would be a practical yeah. superpower. That's just like, yo, uh, I got to be there in five minutes. Uh, I'm on 695. Ah, no, um, you would never have to have a car. Exactly, car insurance, save money. You'll it's never just practical. Oil changes yeah. again. Yeah, you can know, you take people wise. with you? Because yeah, you, take you can. With? Yeah, he took oh. mad people with him. Yeah, oh, so if you got dinner yeah, reservations, yeah. hey, baby, let's go. <laughs> she can take as long as she wants to do her hair and her makeup. Boom. So she, hey, everybody win, wins. Win win. Everybody yeah. wins. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, so I think that would be my name. The transmitter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the FM transmitter. <laughs> That's the lamest. It's the lamest fuck. <laughs> okay. And then every superhero has like a secondary power, right? Instant transmission. Like, sure, like sure. give me like a second thing, like a smaller thing. Uh, a smaller power? Um, okay. Uh, read fast. You can read fast? Yeah. I hate reading. So okay. I, I just want to blow through it. And I have like ADD. So like, I just want to be able to blow through it. My, my problem with reading is, is that I have to read the same page like 18 times before I like, I really yeah. comprehend it. And it's honestly, I think because I just get bored as I <laughs> start being like, why is this taking so long? So I, I wish I had the power to just, okay. Yeah. You done. know what you could do? Yeah. Uh, you could pose as a lawyer in the daytime. Like you could read all the law books. There you go. And you'll never and be like making a good living. Yeah. Yeah. No yeah. Ever, yeah. Yeah. Be a, you could you could be at like seven different cases in one day. Exactly. Represent yeah. all of you. Like, be a how are you defender. doing this? How are you, weren't you just down the other side of the city? Like, don't worry about that's that. actually just, not a bad uh, <laughs> power cover. I think I would be. I'm going to stay in this law space for a second. This okay. actually just hit me. I would be yeah. like the judge. Okay, and I would have a black matter gavel. Black matter gavel. Yeah, and I would pass judgment on you. You thought about this a lot. It's, I, it's I, very I'm, elaborate. I'm making this up as I go. I, I like the lawyer thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would pass judgment on you, and I would cast you into like a black matter realm where you'd okay. stay for all of eternity. And I can like, bring people there, back because like, I need like, to. Good people, bad people, people you just, just don't whoever. like. I would be very flawed. <laughs> just right. whoever I can just okay. fucking catch. We have the next like uh, super villain on our hands. Like even before we even start talking. This, see, this is why you got to limit cool how much though? power people have, right? Yeah. Because that's something you could actually literally do in real life, right? Like we, we call that black hole the uh, the call it uh, uh, the prison industrial jam- complex. We <laughs> <laughs> call it a privately owned prison. Exactly. So you know, this is something you can literally do, and this is why we can't have people have much power as a congressman. Yikes. And then, you know, <laughs> so you're a congressman and a judge. I would be, I would be How are you posing as a congressman, but well, you I would, also, I would be, the superpower would be the judge. My superpower and would be the Black Matter gavel. My superhero name would be the judge. And I would just be a congressman. <laughs> I don't know. That's all evil and corrupt. I don't know where this is going, but it sounds good. No, it doesn't. It Listen, here's good. what we're going to do we're going to start casting this. <laughs> Yeah. All right, I'm going to cast John Cena to play me. <laughs> I don't right. know why. <laughs> All right, this is falling we'll, off the we'll rails. blackface him like they did Robert Downey Jr. in, in uh, Tropic Thunder. There you go. That's the end of his career. Um, <laughs> no, 
Oh, he could pull it off. Uh, not not in today's environment. Um, so uh, so w- one of the aspects of this uh, that I thought was really interesting outside of the fact that they're going to be having a show that's set in college, right? Because that introduces a different complexity, a different layer to this whole boys uh, sort of um, motif uh, as far as, you know, uh, just having this fucking crazy zany the superheroes are bad situation uh that just adds a, a, a different layer of complexity to it and i, I love how it's like set in college and they're all worried about like jobs when they get out because mm-hmm. that's just like the fucking reality of things right yeah so i and i love how the boys that they that they do that they have these like really strong parallels to like reality and, and, and really like uh metaphorical that way uh so uh but another aspect to this that i've been really wanting to talk about because i just thought it was just the dumbest thing i think i've ever heard is uh so the complaints about the boys being week to week um so back when the season Uh, first started um it's gotten high marks for the second season but then people realized oh shit not the entire season was dropped at once that you know that they're staggering the episodes i think that they dropped like the first four immediately and then and now it's like week to week for each preceding um uh episode uh so uh so what happened was that the first uh, the uh, the season initially got like a 96% like review and it was great. But then they noticed like on Amazon Prime itself, it started getting like all these like really bad reviews. And the reason was because people were like, I don't like how they're doing the episodes, not the content itself, not whether the show is actually good or bad or whatever the fuck it is. It's just simply because of the show going week to week, right? Yeah. So here are some comments, right? Here's just a couple comments. Uh, okay, seriously, in all caps, by the way. Uh, okay, seriously, no full season available. Um, I give up. Where is my Netflix? Cool. Uh, another comment wrote. Uh, uh, can you read the names, like the usernames? Of the no, people? I don't. I don't know who the fuck that is. It's just uh, some they, no, they don't have the usernames no, on there. No, oh, no, it's got to no, be like no. dickhead one two. Three but, or yeah, yeah, like that. one would naturally think. Uh, th- uh, another person wrote, "This is 2020. We don't uh, want staggered released." Uh, episodes what a shame i was looking forward to watching it now i'll skip it and wait for it to be canceled then i can watch them all without any interruptions so the show that you actually really do like Mm -hmm. you're going to stop watching and hope it gets canceled in order for you to be right or see i don't understand exactly what the point of this is. this is where the judge comes in (laughs) i would appear out of the black matter (laughs) As these motherfuckers are typing these uh, reviews online, yeah, and I would uh, judge them and cast them in, and then get back to your senatorial duties, uh, and then yeah, yeah, and then get pass, back to your go Congress, back to, yeah. to Congress, and <laughs> sit on this pandemic relief bill. <laughs> this sounds like a great show, doesn't it? All right, moving on. Moving on from that. Um, so what's interesting is that Eric Kripke, the uh, the creator of the show, he he had some words about this. He says, um, "This is not like uh, a corporate Amazon money grab. This was from the producers. He wanted this. It was a creative choice so that um, we may uh, so that they may like it or not." Um, but they have to at least respect that people who are making the show wanted it to be released this way because we wanted to have time to sort of slow down a bit uh, and have conversations about everything. Um, so they at least have to appreciate that it was a creative choice. So, so I think that yeah. that's like an honest comment from Eric, Eric Kutke because you can easily look at this as like, oh, Amazon just wants to like sort of maximize its profit motive for um, for the boys. But really, it's a creative choice, which I've been fucking saying for years that, yes, this is the way you actually want to do it. Because if you release the if you release all the episodes at one time, 
you're the show's only going to get talked about it's only the the themes that you know like i miss having a conversation like game of thrones right perfect example they came out with the episodes every week and every week it was a conversation about what happened and you got to dissect each episode but once they drop fucking stranger things right you're like oh yeah that season was dope cool moving on like because it's over then like the conversation about it is over once you've seen all the episodes you no longer feel the need to like bring it back up and talk about and and dissect every little facet of the actual show um which i think is a disservice to the show itself because it's it creates a little bit more sort of like you learn different things when you hear other people talking about it right? yeah it gives you time to like digest it yeah talk about it um to be like social with it too like have those conversations in between when you watch that episode and the upcoming episode yeah and we were talking about this earlier before we started recording people want things like fast they want it now right they want if i order my package on amazon i want to you know fucking can i get it here within the hour right i want it same day delivery yeah like today i should have had it yesterday if i ordered it today <laughs> people want it fast if they order food like it should already be moving through my small <laughs> and large intestines like, i don't even how, taste it just, yeah, just, just fucking <laughs> i should already be digesting it right that's yeah. how fast we want things yeah um so when you, you get a show like this that forces you to slow down and actually enjoy it um and, and it's much different than what you're getting when you when a show drops on netflix you get the whole season uh I, I, I see why people get frustrated, but those people just need to take a second and say, hey, like this actually is, is a good thing. It allows me to enjoy episode per episode while still being able to watch other things. Yeah. Because I know me, like whenever a show comes out that and I get the full season, now I'm sidetracked from whatever I was watching and I have to watch you know, this, the whole season, right? Yeah. So with the boys, you can watch one episode per week. You can continue to watch all of your other shows. And it's not as disruptive as the full season. Dropping. And also you could just have like maybe a little bit of self-control and just not watch it until, and but not like be angry about it, right? Like yeah. you can just not watch until like that last episode drops. And then you're like, all right, now, of course you might get introduced to like spoilers and shit, which might ruin it for you. But also, you know, whatever, fucking adult you know um be an adult about it um so here's who i think does it the best though yeah i think the walking dead series on amc does it the best well they'll give you like they'll drop part half of the season yeah and then they'll give you a little while and they'll, that's, they'll drop the rest of that's, the season but that's what they do with like regular tv right like they show you they have new episodes in, up until like maybe like december and then they'll go for their winter hiatus and then they'll come back you know sometime um whether it's a little later in winter or possibly early spring um, with with new episodes in order to finish off the season. I think that that's kind of like a I think the full plate, like uh, the full 22 episodes and then um, you uh, you have each episode every week. I think that's a little played out. What I would probably go for is some sort of combination of both where you drop like half the season mm-hmm. um, initially and then you let that go for like maybe like a month. Right. Um, and let people digest it, talk about it, whatever. Um, and then you might drop like the rest of it. I think yeah, that's that this is exactly an interesting... what I said. No, it's not. Mofo? Uh, no, because uh, yeah, that's so not the... what Walking Dead does. So, well, th- that format. I'm not going to say to have the... Because uh, Walking Dead does have like a pretty big gap in between when they show the first half of the season and the second half. Yeah, but they don't show the entire season. Like they don't drop the entire thing. They go episode well, I mean, to episode yeah, each That's week. live TV. But what I'm saying is following that format, uh, you drop the season in half. That's right? not what you said. So that's what I said. You got to follow me. <laughs> So if it's a 20 episode season, drop the first 10 episodes, you know, give it like 30 days or so and let people binge that 
right? Let people talk about what they've seen thus far and then drop the remaining 10 episodes um, in like the month or so. But I, I think the, the boys so have an interesting... Part one, part two. That's what I like, not the week to week. Fair enough. But I think the boys have uh, an interesting... Uh, they're, they're going about an interesting way in that they're doing like, they're literally doing both, right? Like they're dropping the first four episodes and then they're doing week to week thereafter. I think that's pretty interesting, which I, I admit I didn't really think about, but I think that could have some interesting... Like, because that's enough to pull you into the story completely. Like, now you just need to, like, finish it, right? Like, yeah. you know, it doesn't matter if you're week to week or, you know, whether you're dropping it all at once. Now I need to finish it, you know? Um, and so now you've got people coming back week to week, which I think is, that's an interesting way of going about doing it that I think can can definitely work, like, long term. So, yeah. Um, but to anybody who would write a review about this. Yeah, yeah. you you literally reviews. got nothing in your life going on right now. Yeah, you've got Jesus. nothing else going on. Because if you got any, like, sort of, like, life, even a little bit, you don't have yeah. fucking time to sit here and write a fucking review. Oh, you and the amount not. of time, <laughs> you know, what you could you could have been uh, working, uh, you know, towards Congress. You could work towards getting your judge uh, abilities, you know. You you could, could, there's <laughs> so many things you could have done before, <laughs> in the time that you spent writing that review. Uh, you, yeah. Just fucking watch porn or something like yeah, that. Yeah. In the meantime, that's all you got to do. You got a whole week. Porn though, dude. You, you, there's other things other than porn on on the internet. Like what? Hard for me to think of right exactly. now. Exactly. Literally, ninety percent <laughs> of the internet is porn. That's uh, I don't have anything to back that up, but I'm sure that's true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'll agree. <laughs> um, that's why it was created. Uh, more or Thank less. you, Bob Dole. <laughs> Bob. Remember, remember, he, was, remember he said he created no it wasn't bob dole was that, that was uh fucking who's the vice president uh it was, it was bob dole it was in bob dole fuck who's the vice was president it, uh, for dick cheney no not dick no, cheney. No, no, he was bush cheney. who's uh bill clinton's vice president al gore al gore was it al gore either. yeah <laughs> aren't they the same people maybe i don't know <laughs> <laughs> same guy all right uh so let's just move on here and i actually don't want to spend too much time on this uh because it's like i hate to see things like this and i also kind of hate to talk about them but uh we'll talk about it nonetheless. don't be afraid yeah, yeah. address your feelings yeah um so you know a while back we get stories of like celebrities like we we talked about ben affleck you know dealing with issues of like sobriety and shit um and this past week we got news of that uh dax uh shepherd who uh who he obviously he's an actor you know and whatever you see his fucking face on the screen if you can see the screen if you're listening to this on podcast form then look him up on google you you definitely have something where you can look up google um so uh he revealed that he was dealing with uh episodes of of relapse uh or relapses uh because uh he uh he was i guess in the program so to speak uh, and he would sort of hit these markers where it was like eight year, 16 year. And I, I think he finally got to like the 16 year, um, marker. And it turns out that he wasn't as sober as he would have one believe. Um, and, uh, and so he was talking about kind of going through those struggles. Uh, and it was, I think it was, this all done on like on a podcast too. It wasn't even, I think, you know, it wasn't like he put out an official statement. I think he was just talking about this through a podcast. Um, but so to, to kind of go through it a little bit. Um, he first, uh, so he, I think was about eight years into his sobriety, so to speak. Uh, and, uh, he had a motorcycle accident and, uh, and because of that, obviously there's like painkillers and things like that, but he, I think was trying to like go to, you know, he was maybe late for like set for work or whatever. Um, and, uh, and so he knew somebody who had some like Vicodin or some shit, uh, or whatever the drug was. And, and, so he took some. So he was like, 
I don't know, does that count as a relapse? If I had this motorcycle accident and I was trying to hurry up and get yeah. to where I'm trying to go and I just needed something to kill the pain for a second, you know? So, uh, so there was that. Um, and then, uh, and then he had some episodes with his father where, you know, yeah, he was taking care diagnosis. of, I believe, yeah, his father had cancer or something of the sort and uh he had to go take care of him, his father and so obviously they prescribed all these you know prescriptions for his father and so he's like you know hey i'm in a little bit of pain my dad's in a little bit of pain hey let's you know let's take these perks you know real quick you know and so i think he he had uh some issues there that passed uh and then he finally got to the point where i think he had like another motorcycle accident um and uh and so then that's kind of where he really started sort of like i think falling off the wagon a bit uh but i think through all of this i don't think anybody publicly really sort of like knew any of this um and so they're like celebrating like hey you're sober and you know 16 years and and so he describes how like he went through this point where um he was they were celebrating his 16 year sobriety but he was high as a kite at the time you know Mm -hmm. and and that he was like that was like a struggle to like get through of like sort of living that sort of like false life yeah um and so you know i've read all this and i came to the conclusion that yeah i don't know maybe maybe we all should just stay away from motorcycles i feel like that's that was what i took out of this (laughs) whole scenario from this uh because it seemed like he you know there's uh you know i i've always wanted a motorcycle and you know listen i own harley davidson stock okay so do you i need everybody listening to this podcast to go out and get yourself a hog <laughs> no, you know what you yeah, you wouldn't be the judge, you would be the peacemaker because it sounds like you just whatever you're saying, it's the opposite of what should actually be. Well, I'm a congressman, I just passed yeah. the bill. <laughs> a lot of giving uh motorcycle grants to everybody. Yeah. Go out and get yourself a hog. Um preferably but, a Harley. But yeah, to, to to get back to this Dak Shepherd thing. Um so obviously he's he's married to Christ, uh, Kristen Bell. Um, and so you know, they're having to kind of go through this together. I don't necessarily care to talk about these things all that often because I honestly don't think it's really anybody else's business other than the people that they want to be aware of in it, which arguably, I guess, is everybody since they, you know, he said this on the podcast, so he knows that everybody's going to end up hearing it. But I think these are the type of things that, like, everybody's going through some shit, right? Yeah. And I'm not saying that his is more or less relevant than anybody else's. I think we're all of our problems are relevant to us, right? Um, but it's just like for us to then like talk about this and like, you know, go through the story. It's like, it's like taking some sort of like family business. Right. And then being like, all right, let's talk about that on the podcast. And it's like, well, no, like let's no, that's something you handle, you know, within a family. And maybe you do talk about it on the podcast, but that's your choice. But I guess critiquing it or talking about it is just weird. Cause it's just like, yeah, it's something that somebody's going through, you know, yeah. and it's, I don't know. Strange. I admire his willingness to like be open about it, right? Because I sure. think what he understands is that he's not the only one who's experiencing these things. Like there are probably other people who are um, like being celebrated for their sobriety, or, you know, or their family members and friends are supporting their sobriety, uh, but internally they're questioning, like, have I been as honest about my sobriety to myself as they think I am, right? So in Dax, uh, in Dax's situation, um, he's like, well, you know. Yeah, I've been sober, but I've had like little episodes where I've enjoyed, you know, Vicodin pills because of a motorcycle accident, which is a real reason, right? And you're really dealing with pain. So you're not, like, you didn't get the drugs to abuse them. You got them to address real pain, but like, foggy line is what I would say. Maybe you abuse it a little bit. I would say that's a very foggy line, which is why I think 
you know, if you do end up in an accident, things like that, it has to be like under really like controlled circumstances that like you like that's why he was even saying that like he would he was prescribed stuff for that, but that he would have to give it to Kristen um, in order to like give to him because, yeah. you know, it's not you don't want to trust yourself with that because you're just being like, ah, in pain. Yeah. All right. Pop but it. even then you could abuse it a little bit, right? You can say you're in pain or you're not. And you can like, maybe like, yeah, but that at least limits it yeah. into sure. giving you the pills when you shouldn't. But yeah. either way, I, again, I, I just think I admire his, uh, his bravery here for um, speaking about these things publicly. Well, he didn't have to, he didn't have to address this, right? Nobody knew. Um, he could, this could have been a, a private family matter between him and his wife. I believe they have children. Um, this could have been a private family matter. He chose to address it publicly, um, and I would imagine it's because he thinks that, like, hey, I'm going through this thing. There are other people who are probably going through this thing, and if I share my story, maybe maybe other people can confront um, their truth or share their truth, then maybe this could help somebody. So I admire that about him. Um, one thing I hate about the internet is, like, I think they're already starting to be conversations bubbling about, like, um, you know, people would love to attack your character any way that they can, right? Um, and Christian, uh, uh, Christian Bell, his wife, you know, she, we know her from Frozen. We know her from, uh, what is the show with the Don Cheadle, House of Cards? Or, uh, uh, and, no, no. Um, House of Lies, I believe. House of Lies. Called. Yep. Yeah. House of Lies. Uh, she was also in, uh, she plays, um, uh, who's that investigator? Not Jessica Jones. Uh, no, uh, Veronica Mars. Veronica Mars. Yeah. 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 So she, she's put together a really stellar body of work too. And I think like what's going to happen now is like, you know, the internet troll is going to come out and start to question her like, you know. Did, was she like there for him in his sobriety? Like what should she have done more? That, that, that's she, right? kind of like what I'm saying is, is that like, why like introduce all that, all those conversations into your life when you're already dealing with something that's like tremendously like difficult to like really sort of get, get a sense of reality around. Yeah. Right. So it's just like, and, and again, you're, you're right. Maybe he was saying this in order to like make other people feel comfortable with coming out with their, you know, or being more honest with themselves. I don't know. I, I think that when you're dealing with something like this, people on the internet, people just in real life, you know, sometimes you just act stupid, you know, and they say stupid things and, and they talk about things that they have no concept of, you know, yeah. that they don't know your life, you know, and every detail about what you're going through. They only know what they're hearing. Sometimes they might even go from that. They just go with whatever they make up in their, you know, yeah. in their mind. Whatever somebody else said, I'm exactly with that too. So I think these are all tremendously hard conversations to like talk about because I don't feel entirely like comfortable with speculating or commenting on somebody else's like real life issue that they're working out. And I might be a hypocrite because we might talk all the time on the podcast about shit and maybe, you know, it just isn't as um, bad or I guess as uh, it's not as like, sensitive, sensitive as, this, right? as yeah. uh, you know, going through, you know, some some relapses. But um yeah i don't know i i just think that my only commentary on it is yeah i hope he you know finds a better space uh, yeah. it seems like he's trying to to do that and i and i hope that he can get to a better space and one thing about life is is that like it, it that's not a destination right that's a constant struggle every day to get to a space where you know you're you're doing the things you're supposed to do and, and you're living in like a healthier life so i hope he gets to that place where he can consistently every day do that but i also hope that for <laughs> for everybody you yeah. know um including myself where yeah. you know you can get up every day and, and renew that sense of like okay let's do this again you know? yeah and i mean and to your point i don't have like any speculations or comments about it I, again i just 
you know, as I said before, I admire his bravery and willingness to talk about this. And I would imagine yeah. he and Kristen have had this discussion in private and mm. have figured out a way to make it work for their marriage before he spoke about it publicly. It's so like they've already figured out how to deal with this. And this is an opportunity for him to share his story in a way that may help other people, right? Yeah. Like Will and Jada have a very public relationship. I think they have a public relationship too. Will and Jada, whenever they talk about like issues in their marriage, that like, uh, um, like you know, they talk about that August Alsina thing, right? Which happened yeah. years ago and they've already dealt with that thing. So now they can talk about it publicly. Uh, I would imagine that's what happened here with with Dax talking about his relapse. Um, and, you know, as you said, uh, so another Will Smith reference, you're, you're only ever in the pursuit of happiness, right? Um, you can be happy, you but you're still always pursuing happiness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that's, yeah, that's a nice way to sort of button, uh, button that conversation up. Um, you know, they have like all sorts of things. I think, you know, all sorts of like technologies and things like that, that can help you out with, you know, uh, dealing with issues like that of like sobriety, you know, maybe it might be like a little app or whatever to be like, Hey, put that down, you know? Um, damn, what if there, what if there's going to be an app one day that like, as you're about to hit the crack pipe, your your Siri knows like, hey, are you sure you want to do this? You have three things on your calendar today. You would treat it just like all the other apps that try to force you off of you just whatever you just ignore like, it. yeah, <laughs> spark. So you're like, up. are you sure? Or they can test the quality of it. Like, mm, that's that's not one hundred percent. That's not that's not that black uh, blue magic yeah. or whatever it's called <laughs> in American gangster. Um. Uh, so in new technology news, uh, that I thought was very interesting, it may tie in a little bit with uh, some TV and film shit, um, is, uh, Amazon uh, unveils some new products. Uh, one of which is, um, this ring car camera, which, uh, I think Amazon bought ring unless I'm mistaken, um, for a lot of money. Um, but uh, anyways, Good I are uh, the ring people because they went from pitching the idea on Shark Tank to launching. Is that really? Is that true? Is that how a ring yes. started? Yeah. They Holy shit. Shark, Shark Tank. Um, I think it got like uh, they didn't like make the final cut or maybe somebody. <laughs> it's made, not the ultimate slap in the face is if they didn't make the final cut, but they're like fucking selling yeah. it to Amazon. I mean, now there are a like lot of billions. businesses that have like pitched on Shark Tank that yeah. like either have been funded or didn't get funded that um, ultimately like went on to be like that's really so fucking weird. I guess I'm that's a sure little like is one of them. That's like a little like American Idol where you see all these people who are like who weren't, you know, names before. And then all of a sudden, like they were on American Idol. And it's yeah. like it's a weird it's like a reality TV show, though. Like, yeah. And from that reality TV show. They now have a career, which is, I don't know, it's kind of weird to like, it's weird for me to process. Yeah, you know, oh, so we us. had this recorded, so I'm going to say this, I copyright this idea and all of this original content, but we might want to pitch a show similar to Shark Tank yeah. where people can pitch their movie ideas and get it funded. They've already tried that. That's uh, Have they? That was on HBO. I think uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck were a part of that. Mm, shit yeah a while ago well yeah. let's relaunch it no they've they've actually tried to relaunch it too really it wasn't shit. so successful yeah i'm just trying to think of a platform <laughs> where i could pitch my judge idea <laughs> all right what were you about to say <laughs> since you're the uh, master investor here orain the startup ring was bought by amazon in february of 2018 for one billion dollars for a billy oh yo you're talking about a bag fuck how many pe and i think like the ring was founded by like a small group of people um, I guess I don't know. You tell me it started on Shark Tank, so, so uh, was it Mark billion? Cuban a part of it? I don't know. Yikes! A billion. Fuck. All right. That's yo. Could you imagine yo go from fucking you know eating this McDonald's shit 
to just be like, I got a billion in my pocket? What do those zeros even look like in your account? The bank's just like, I don't know. Was this a mistake? This had to be. No, a no, 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 no. You're, you're at a different bank now. You're in, <laughs> yeah. you're in the Cayman Islands where they're used to these numbers. Though, in fact, those are small. They're numbers. like, oh, is this only one? Yeah. Only one million? Okay. We'll open up an entry level yeah. account for you. <laughs> yeah. um, so, anyways, to get to our story finally. Uh, so, Amazon, and this is an article from Deadline. Uh, so, Amazon unveiled a host of new products and features this past Thursday, including a new Echo Show uh, model uh, with Netflix and a swiveling screen. Uh, and then a, a ring car camera that can record encounters with the police and beefed up uh, fire TV devices uh, in a sequence uh, of the presentation that was equal uh, parts unsettling and intriguing. Uh, the $200 ring car cam uh, and its features called uh, traffic stop were demonstrated. Uh, if you and this is, like a, I guess, a quote from whoever was like you know, doing this presentation. Um, if you're pulled over while driving, simply say, Alexa, I'm being pulled over. And your ring car camera will automatically start recording. Uh, a blog post explained, or I guess it was from a blog post. Um, footage from the uh, from the stop will be securely stored uh, and you can automatically notify uh, a loved one, um, a loved one, a notification uh, of the stop. Um this was so interesting to me for so many different fucking reasons. Uh, it loosely has to do with TV and film, but I just thought it was just like this weird fucking, well, I guess, you know, we see all this dystopian shit on both with TV films and, and also, you know, uh, obviously a lot in books. Uh, and we're fucking here, dude, where now Amazon or I guess ring more specifically in this case is now developing shit where it's just like, we know the police are going to try to do some fucked up shit to you. Like we know that. Yeah. And so we're going to have a fucking camera in the car that can listen to your commands and start recording because we know they're going to do some fuck shit. It's unfortunate that we've come to, uh, we've come to a place where, uh, people now feel like they have to protect themselves from the police. And that's like a normal thing, right? Whereas companies are developing products to protect people from the police instead of, us as like a you know a society realizing that there's something wrong with how the police police yeah. and instead of um you know addressing that we're creating products to like help to you at that. least we're going to record your ass whooping right <laughs> and like you can store it on your you can store it on the and amazon you, cloud and yeah. listen back to the ass whooping <laughs> later right? yeah um, uh, and, or and the, the shooting or whatever happens. Yeah, I mean, the, the police, they're still going to get acquitted of all yeah, charges. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, the, yeah. But uh, like at least right you'll be able to store your ass whooping, right? Yeah. Uh, that which is insane to me. On like, the cloud. Yeah, there's their products being created. Um, but when we talk about like restructuring the police and how they police or like defunding the police, um, people are like, oh, no, no, no. no Let's no, say I, you. Yeah. yeah. Let's not defund the police. Like I, you know, I like the institution of policing as it is. But it's like, well, then why do you have the Alexa <laughs> ring car thing yeah. to protect yourself from the police? Yeah, if everything's cool, yeah. if everything's, everything's cool. Yeah. Now, what I also found interesting about this is, is that how long did it take them to start profiting or start figuring out ways to profit from police brutality? Like, we like it. Just the thought of that, right? Yeah. Like, I'm going to create this product. And one would have to think that this wasn't for altruistic reasons, right? Like this wasn't because it's like, hey, we just want to really help. It's like, no, we see a need. We see a, a marketplace. Yeah. Uh, the marketplace needs has a need for recording yourself uh, pretty much autonomously through a camera as you're dealing with police brutality. 
we can create that and yeah. we can sell that at $200, right? So the yeah. people that this would actually, <laughs> you know, go to help. Is that is that a good price point for them? $200? Yeah. I don't know. And you have to have the uh, your car, I guess, has to be compatible with it, right? Uh, uh, it's it's ring, so it probably works like independently of the car. Nah, I would hope so. Yeah, I hope you wouldn't need like a car with like <laughs> like a newer model car that yeah. has the L, uh, LCD display yeah, on fucking it, whatnot. Tesla or some shit. So now yeah. you got it, and then they're gonna partner with like Honda. So now every Honda is gonna come equipped with it. You yeah. just have to pay that. Like, and it better not like run out of batteries too. Oh, you're no. like Alexa, and, and start recording, work. and then you look back and it's like, no, <laughs> it better work when you. Uh, turn the car off too and remove the key yeah but now so i also wonder now like so it says the information is going to be safely stored like for how long mm. like what's where, what's the fine print there, i'm glad right? you i'm glad you said that because is local uh, pd gonna have access to this too probably they'll they'll scrub it um so uh the voice system has drawn scrutiny uh based on reports of surveillance and hacking which yeah. standard uh has uh has added a set of privacy features that users can use the commands alexa review my privacy setting or even alexa delete everything i ever said now you know they wrote this going good and goddamn well alexa ain't doing shit you're yeah. gonna be like alexa erase everything Alexa's gonna be like sure yeah will do <laughs> get right on it <laughs> that, that technology is all in beta anyway. yeah. they're, they're probably gonna be like oh we couldn't figure out a way to do it effectively sorry scrapped it yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are you gonna do um so i would like to believe that like this product was created in um in earnest and, and this is an honest product meant to like make people feel comfortable safer blah 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 i don't know it's but just another you have to you, there, there's a darkness behind it where you have yeah. to see that this is also an opportunity to monetize something terrible something that we've normalized um, which is, you know, if you get pulled over by the cops, it's likely that, you know, they may shoot you, violate your rights, beat the shit out of you. And the best thing you could do is have this technology in your car to at least record the beating. And then, and then it's like this dependent system, right? Where it's just like in order to sell this product, they there needs to be basically police brutality. Yeah. And it's just like. So then don't they have incentive to be like, yeah, the more shootings, the more, the more, like every time that they see one on TV, they're like, yeah, the yeah. stocks are going through the roof. Yeah. And you know, the only this reason this product exists is because the other thing exists. Yeah. Right. If you didn't have the police brutality and the fear of police, this product would be unnecessary for yeah. the most part. Right. And I, and I guess you can maybe make an argument that you can kind of like look at it like seatbelts, right? Like, you know, uh, you don't get in a accident every day with the you know with um you know with your car but you know just as a precaution you yeah. should probably have this um but then you also don't have to just pay two you know you the seatbelt comes with the fucking car like yeah <laughs> but it's just interesting that like the command is alexa i'm being pulled over not like collect alexa i'm being hijacked alexa yeah, yeah. i'm being like, well i'm sure jacked. though th that's in the uh the pro model i'm sure you know the standard model has yeah. uh alexa, what else you can use that for like, yeah Alexa, I'm buying drugs from this dealer and I don't trust this product. So I want to record this just in case he shorts me a couple ounces. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Alexa, measure this for me. Hey, like, guys. Alexa, how many grams is this? Well, you paid for seven grams of heroin. This is only five. Uh, Alexa, directions back to Matt's house, my dealer. Yeah, the, uh, do either of you own Alexa Amazon products? Uh, I have a and consistently use them. Yeah, I have a phone. I, I have an Amazon Echo. Now I will tell you, if I asked Alexa to record because I got pulled over, she'd give me sass and say you shouldn't have been speeding. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you. <laughs> you speeding, ah, yeah. So Alexa works for the cops too. It's a fucking system. It's a racket. That's what this is. You know, it's one hand feeding the other. Yeah, is listen, all this, this is. This is why. 
Some I bullshit. only trust Siri. She's the yeah. only one I trust. No, nah, I don't trust Siri either. She seems like she's pretty duplicitous. You hear that voice. You hear that accent. Come well, on. My, mine's is Australian. That's even worse. I don't know how it's worse, but it's worse. <laughs> it makes me feel sexy too when she says my name wrong every time. Orion. <laughs> Orion. Oreo. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Um, so, uh, so yeah, uh, there is no healthy segue for this. So we're just going to fucking <laughs> uh, jump into some other shit right now. Uh, you know, we... We, we do press plays and we talk talk about a lot of different things, but uh, rarely do we go back and watch something that's older. Uh, and today, ladies and gentlemen, we do have a press play for you. And it's a doozy. Uh, so we're going to do our press play on none other than the Godfather today. Uh, so what kind of inspired this, just to give you guys some, some backstory here, is uh, we were... Uh, we were going to do this story on Francis Ford Coppola, who uh, there's been some interesting developments uh, on uh, sort of like the the retooling of Godfather 3. And so uh, what we wanted to do into the, like the, the kind of because of that story, we were inspired to then talk about uh, the first couple of Godfather films uh, and uh and we will also have commentary for the the third film, but uh, we want to at least compare and contrast uh, the first two Godfather films. So uh, what we will do today is we will have a full thorough analysis of the first Godfather film, and then we will do the same thing for Godfather two, and then we will let them duke it out, right? Uh, which which film is actually the the the, the better of the two, right? Because they're both considered classics right uh that uh many consider uh both films to be uh sort of like the staples of just the filmmaking uh um filmmaking um you know world altogether. uh so without further ado let's just jump into the shit with uh with the godfather so to give you guys a synopsis of the film although i guess it's a film that doesn't need synopsis or needs you know any any sort of reintroduction but for the sake of doing the press play. Um, it is the story of the Italian American crime family, the, uh, the, uh, Don Vito, Cor- uh, of Don Vito Corleone. Um, when the Don's youngest son, Michael reluctantly joins the mafia, uh, he becomes involved in the inevitable cycle of violence and betrayal. Although Michael tries to maintain a normal relationship with his wife, Kay, he is drawn deeper into the family business. This film of course was directed by Francis Ford Coppola, uh, and written by Coppola as well, uh, and is based off Mario, uh, Puzo's, uh, book and, and, uh, uh, Mario as well wrote uh, or co-wrote the uh, the screenplay with uh, Coppola, uh, and and so yeah, let's just jump into the plot of the film. Now, this was your first time seeing the film in, in quite some time, or since uh, <laughs> your uh, escapades uh, of of uh, uh, trying to uh, have relations and being quite unsuccessful because of a very very clever father. Uh, <laughs> uh, My plot so was foiled. It was foiled. He foiled your plot there. Um, what do we think of the plot of this film? Uh, so I, when I look at this film, I, to me, it's it's like a, f- a family drama, family story, right? It's the family business of the Corleones who, I believe they were in the olive oil business as well as some organized crime. Yeah. Or um, the olive oil business was the front for the for organized, the organized crime. crime. Sure. Um, so th- this is a family drama with uh, obviously the patriarch of the family being uh, Don Corleone, his two sons, Michael and Sonny, and the daughter... Yeah, uh, there was a third. Th- and I think uh, there was Fredo. a daughter. Yeah, yeah. Fredo was the third brother. Yeah, or I don't think there was a daughter. There's definitely a daughter. Uh, and she was played by, ah, uh, fuck, I forget uh, her name right now. Let's but... just call her Adrian. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Adrian. 
She's the same character in every yeah, movie. Yeah, I honestly didn't know she did any other, any other movies other than Yeah, Rocky. I saw her in this yeah. movie. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> she's yeah. been in two iconic films. Yeah, no. Well, she's been in... Well, there's uh, I film series. Yeah, I don't know if series, she's yeah. in... It's, maybe, she she's might been be a part of iconic one. franchises. Franchises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. So, uh, you know, this film follows the family business in this particular uh, uh, instance. The family business is organized crime. Um it, it, it seems like this uh, Don Corleone is like doing his best to keep the business and his family together among a uh, highly competitive uh, organized crime. By the way, this is going to bother me. I think it's pronounced Corleone. Corleone. Not, Corleone. Yeah, we. I think leave the leave the, 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 the Corleone. Yeah. Just Corleone. Yeah, I okay. So yeah, Corleone. Um, so I mean, that's that's the way I follow the plot of this movie. This sure. movie is telling like this family story. Um, this family is in you know dark side of, of a business, and you know that business unfortunately uh, requ requires um, or violence is imminent, right? Um, so how does this family operate their business and keep their family unit strong while dealing with the violent nature of their business? We see. Um, you know, uh, we, we see the eldest brother, I believe, uh, Sonny. Sonny, yeah. You know, uh, you know, we see him get murdered in this film. We, uh, you know, Michael, the I believe the middle son. Or uh, the, the youngest I believe son. he's the youngest, yeah. Michael, the youngest son, yep. reluctantly joins the family business uh, because of some of the violence that happened to his father and his brother. Um, Fredo, who's the third brother, I think he was just like a casualty of the family business. Well, right? he's... Uh, uh, God, is Fredo the middle son or the oldest? I believe he was the middle son because Michael referred to him as like, you know, uh, my, you're smacking around my eldest brother on his trip to Vegas. Yeah, but that, yeah, that he's talking to Fredo, like he's talking about Fredo in that case. I think Fredo is the oldest. Uh, and then Sonny, it, no, no, I'm I sorry. Sonny no, no, because I, I actually watched the, the second one. It goes Sonny, Fredo, and then Michael. So yeah, Michael's yeah. the youngest son. Um, so yeah, you know, that's, that's how I see this movie. The plot of this film is it's really a family story. Um, and again, the, the family business is just organized crime. And how do they, how do we navigate this organized crime as a family? Um, there are going to be some losses. There are going to be some casualties. We see Michael reluctantly step into the family business, which I think happens a lot, whether you're in organized crime or not. Um, yeah. As the children of uh, someone like Don Corleone or a business owner, even if your father owns a restaurant, like you sometimes reluctantly get pulled into that family business whether you want to or not, in this case, Michael gets brought in or gets pulled in to become the Don of this uh, crime family. Yeah. And and I think that, you know, and, and kind of piggybacking off of that, I think that this this the movie and I can see why, you know, it's it's considered a modern classic or not a modern classic, but just a classic period. Right. Is is that um, there are so many different lines and, uh, you know, if we're, if we're using Tenet <laughs> here, uh, you know, um, it doesn't have inversion in it, but um there's so many cross connecting sort of themes and, and, and ideas in this film. And, and one of them is, uh, is that idea of family and the family business, right? That, you know, even if it was, you know, th think of, uh, you know, uh, cause I, I have friends who, you know, it's, Oh, I'm just going to go work for dad. You know, once, you know, once I get to college and like everything's cool, then I'm just going to go work for dad and it's all going to be good. And I'll continue to like, if, if, if the, the, the parent is, you know, a medical professional, then the child is most likely yeah, going to be like, you're going to med school and that's it. <laughs> exactly. You know? Um, and it's whether it's through that through force, you know, in terms of like the parent basically saying like, Hey, uh, this is what you're going to do. Or in, you know, in Vito's case where he went the opposite route of like, no, I don't want you to do any of this, do the opposite uh, yeah. of this. Uh, and then somehow Michael keeps, you know, uh, gets sort of um, pulled into that life. But I will say that one of the major themes of this film, instead of doing like a play by play of like how the movie sort of unfolds, 
because I think everybody's sort of seen Godfather at this point. Um, hopefully it was not under the duress of <laughs> you know, the direction of a, of a father of, a, of, of your girl, then girlfriend. Um, but uh, this this movie, it explores the idea of power. Um, and I, that was one thing that kind of stuck with me through through watching the movie was this idea um, and uh, and you can see it sort of illustrated in so many different ways. But one of the ways that's more specific is through just the three sons. Right. So, OK, you have the three different aspects of power. Right. Or, or you have two aspects of power. You can have power through brawn or brain. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fredo is an example of when you have no power, no, uh, I'm sorry, no brawn, no brain, right? Uh, and that's why everybody's just like, yeah, he's the fuck up the family. Nobody cares about him. He's a loser, right? Yeah. Um, Sonny is all brawn, no brain, right? So he's just full steam ahead. I'm just going to whoop somebody's ass, yada, yada, right? Michael has both brawn and brain, right? And that he's willing, he, you know, he's he's a uh, war vet, you know, so physically he's with he's with the shits, yeah. you know? He can, he, do, he can he, do the work, the dirty work himself if he needs absolutely. to. We saw that at, at the restaurant scene at the restaurant scene or um and then you can see his brain when um when he for one he came up with the scheme for the restaurant where mm-hmm. they where they go shoot the 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 rival uh or the dude i, and I think it was a uh, solozo um that that uh that he was shot it, uh, uh, saltino was it uh saltino was never mind, never mind. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, remember that. I made that up, made that up. um that was a different movie there you go uh, <laughs> um but uh so, uh, but you can see his brain uh, in this, and I loved it. It was just, it was a brilliant scene where uh, he he has the dude who's just like coming to help his dad out at the hospital. This is after Vito gets shot. Yeah. And uh, the, baker. The, the, the baker comes to, and he's, he's just a baker, right? He's not a fucking mob dude. He's just a baker, right? Uh, but he's like, but he knows that they're going to kill Vito if they can't show them that, hey, our dad is like protected by like some muscle here. So what they do is they, they just stand there with their fucking collars up, you know, and, and stand as if they have guns in their pocket. And so when the dudes drive by to go assassinate them, um, they're like, oh, shit, there's some like, you yeah. know, soldiers standing outside. So we can't really get to them. It's just like that's quick thinking, you know, and it's just like that shows you that that at least showed you a little bit of what was to come as far as Michael goes. As far as, and that's not something Sonny would have done, right? Sonny would have just come in guns and blazing or Fredo would have just been like, I don't know what to do. And his dad would have got, you know, that's actually how Vito gets shot is because Fredo was just like, ah, he, yeah, he, he, the bag. He, 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 he drops the gun. He gets yeah. out of the car. He just drops the gun. He's like, I don't know what to do. Um, so you can see the different levels of how you get to both leadership and power through the sons, right? And they have different approaches and there's only one who actually succeeds at it, which is Michael, um, because he has both brawn and brain. Um, and I, I thought that this movie was, I did, and I didn't, again, it's been so long since I I'd watched it that I didn't really remember this, although I, I would hear people talk about it, but I would, it's a tragedy. This movie is a tragedy through and through. Um, and the reason why it's a tragedy is because you explore the entire the movie the whole time thinking that michael is your hero right that oh he's the person who's reluctantly going to you know take up the mantle of uh that his father left behind but the problem is is that him and his father have very different motivations and what i and i can't wait to talk about this for godfather 2 because it's really clearly illustrated in godfather 2 that Vito, his inspiration for doing any of this his family right that and it's and it really is again really illustrated in two but Vito is 
he's doing everything for his family. He's not doing the, it's why he wants to stay away from like the drug trade and shit. Like mm-hmm. he just doesn't want to do that. Right. Because he's not in it because he's just a bad dude. Right. He's in it because he knows that you either, uh, you either are the bully or you get bullied. Right. And he doesn't want to be bullied. So he's like, all right, well, we're going to do this crime shit, but I'm only doing shit. That's basically not terrible, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so, him and Michael have different philosophies that way where Michael and he's doing it for Vito's doing it for his family. Michael's you, you get to see it from, you know, you know, I don't want to get ahead of myself here with Godfather two, but in Godfather two, you sort of realize like, Oh, Michael doesn't give a shit. Michael's just whatever. Right. But it was so beautifully illustrated. We, we didn't really get that until the very last scene of the movie where you see the switch, the, the flip where it goes from Michael being the hero of the story to you being like, Oh shit. Like, you know, he's actually kind of the villain because you see him and his relationship with Kay, where he just straight up lies to her. He's just like, yeah, no, I'm not doing anything crazy. It's yeah. fine. And then like, but she knows and he's like, it's but it's happening like they're you know now he becomes the godfather and shit and he, he just finished killing all the the rest of the like the five families and shit including uh his own sister's husband exactly which yeah. Kay was asking him about and uh and so uh you see as that door closes that and she and you you're seeing it through Kay's eyes of like oh this dude that i once loved and respected and and he seemed like a very honorable dude He's a lying sack of shit. Yeah. Who's now like one of the most powerful people, you know, in New York, you know, or, or yeah, yeah, definitely think they were in New York. But um, and so uh, to see that flip was it was like a tragedy that you're not really prepared for until you get to the end. And it's like, ah, shit. And yeah, one side of you wants to feel great because it's like, yeah, now he's a godfather. But then you realize like what he is in that moment. And you're like, fuck. Yeah. You know, uh, so I, th- I thought it was a it is was, was a beautiful story. Um from that from that standpoint and and i thought that one of the the more sentimental things of the film was the fact that Vito never wanted this for michael but i guess it's kind of the question of like is that always just inevitable yeah right like it, you know if you live a certain life are your kids just always destined to kind of like follow follow in those like footsteps yeah you know? and there are so many circumstances that just put draw drew michael further and further in right when they uh, attack on his father when they murdered sonny um uh i think when they murdered luca bra or when they killed luca Brasi, they killed his wife uh yeah yeah he was just in italy, italy chilling oh know? yeah and then they they fucking killed his wife oh like one of the things about the movie that was funny is how they like that happened then they like never go back to it he's just like yeah they they Killed his wife, and then he's like, "All right, well, I gotta go back to the states now." <laughs> yeah, just destroyed, ruined her whole family. He's like, "All right, well, he's like, All right guys, yeah. it's been fun. Shit <laughs> <laughs> <out> happens." <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, but it, weird. But they do kind of explore that in three, actually. Uh, okay, which but they don't do it enough to justify like him just being like, "All right, that was fun. I'll yeah. see you guys later." <laughs> um, so okay, so with that let's talk about the characters of the film let's talk about our just like we do all the time with the press play uh let's talk about our runners up and our mvps so i mean where do i even start with this film uh i don't know <laughs> so runner up uh uh everybody I, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, think, I think i mean this 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 uh this movie had so many stellar actors in it that it's hard for me to to say what my runners up are, but I'll just throw a quick list together. I think um, not James Can. Uh, who was the guy, the lawyer? Uh, you sorry. son of a bitch, Robert Duvall. You, god damn it! What? 
whatever. Yeah. Proceed. So, <laughs> Robert Duvall is uh, Tom Hagen, who plays the uh, you know the Consul Yeti. To am, am I, I love that how right? yeah I don't know that. <laughs> he plays Consul Yeti. I don't know to um <laughs> to to Don Vito Corleone. Yeah, So he plays Consul Yeti to Don Vito Corleone. He's the family lawyer. Um, I think, and he, he's part of a fam uh, part of the family because he's sort of like the adopted son. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, he, and by profession, he's a lawyer. He's like the family lawyer. The Corleones are his only client. Um, I, I think Robert Duvall, stellar actor. Um, obviously, this is a young Robert Duvall who went on to have a stellar career. You know, after uh, Godfather, which just shows the quality of his acting. I think he played the the, the character of Tom Hagen beautifully. Um, he wasn't as like aggressive with his character as some of the, as you know, for example, Sonny was. Uh, he was purposeful he was intentional he was powerful when he needed to be like his, his interactions with sunny because obviously they had very different ideologies of how the family should conduct a family business um and he just he played that character well uh that's he's surrounded by so many other great actors yeah. um and i don't want to undermine his portrayal of tom hagen in that role but he played that the, the lawyer character um well in like being the balance and the medium between mm. all of the between don vito between the sons and between the other members um of the extended family like he was kind of like the 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 he had to be the level-headed one um to balance everyone yeah uh my other runner-up is going to be you know michael brando uh some people will say that mm. he was like the star of the film to me i think marlon uh, yeah, Marlon. What, what did I say, Michael? Yeah, no, I didn't. Okay, I said Marlon Brando. Cool, cool. We, cool. Yeah, we we got this recorded. We'll, yeah. we'll figure it out. Sure, sure. Uh, sure. So, <laughs> Marlon Brando. I think he's going to be my runner-up. Um, you know, for the majority of the film, he was, you know, incapacitated. Right. He after he got shot and he was bedridden. Um, he didn't have many lines after you know the the sh the shooting scene. Um, this is when you see Al Pacino's character start to really develop. Um, so, you know, I think he did well. He was, his presence on screen was powerful. Like, uh, his, his portrayal of the Godfather, his portrayal of Don Vito Corleone. Um, I can't, and, and I mean, he's the one thing you remember most about the movie. Yeah. Despite the fact that Al Pacino's character is a character who had, uh, the most screen time and like the most character growth and development throughout the film. But yeah. you remember Marlon Brando's portrayal of Don Vito Corleone. And of course the famous line, make him an offer he can't yeah. refuse. I, on this, the day of my daughter's yeah. birthday. Right? Like, <laughs> those, those powerful yeah. moments, right? And his presence on screen, despite his lack, his limited time, made his character so, uh, so admired and so loved and um, so memorable. But yeah. obviously Al Pacino <clears throat> as Michael Corleone. I mean, uh, there's no way he's not the MVP of this film for you. Uh, some people may disagree, but in my opinion, there's no way he's not the MVP. Uh, his portrayal of the character, the way he delivered lines, his uh, one of the things I noticed is like his his body language. That's one of the things that stood out most to me is you, it, it, you see that change just as much as you mm. see like the how he acts and his mannerisms change right mm -hmm. his body language changes before he's like this humble kid you know mm -hmm. like i'm not a, i'm not i'm not one of these gangsters i'm not a part of the family business yeah. you know i served in the military i'm a war hero i am humble i'm not what my brother is yeah and then over time you see his you know his his posture starts to straighten up and, that, 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 that yeah. <laughs> and he becomes a bit uh, much more like uh, uh direct and like his dictation of what he wants done like before he's like you know he'll ask you like 
may I have? Can we please? Now it's like, you're going to do this for me. Right. And that's the end of the conversation. And we really see that come, um, um, come full circle in that last scene uh, when, you know, the door's closing, you see them kissing the hand. That's when he's, he's really matured um, and he's really accepted his new role as the Don. Uh, and again, his progression throughout the movie, like, you know, that to me was just masterful the way, yeah. he, the way he portrayed this character. Yeah. Um, so the reason I was calling you uh, all those names earlier is because you d- took my list. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, and I order, thought I was being clever. With, in order? Uh, huh? In order? In order. Ah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I thought Robert Duvall, a very muted performance mm-hmm. as, um, as Tom Hagen. Um, but it was exactly what the movie needed as a counterbalance to like, everybody who's a part of the family proper right yeah um it was it was a nice he looked different he acted different spoke differently than everybody else um and i thought it was really tremendous like counterbalance and he did it really well uh and he seemed every bit of a lawyer right um and uh from the you know from the way that he argued things you know uh and his his thought process um so it was a great it was a great character development not just from his portrayal of the character but but from what was on the page you mean yeah. that the, the story arc that um that he sort of took on um i thought it was is beautiful but yeah and and i won't make this long because you already said a lot of things that i, I was going to say but yeah al pacino as michael uh corleone how do you yeah how do you get better than that really uh he goes from being this really just like you said this really sort of meekish kind of like uh you know hey what's up guys you know to like i'm the fucking dawn like yeah. you know and you see every inch of that character development throughout the film like you even if you don't want to see it, even if you're not used to analyzing films even if you're not you don't care about analyzing films you can't help but notice that like he goes from being this like kind of like you know whatever person to like he's a fucking boss yeah. you know um you know and uh you can see his not only it was an, an acceptance of 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 that role but it was like an eager bless you um it was like an eagerness to play that role right that he he like thrived because he, he it was like he tapped into something in himself that he knew oh yeah this is who i am like this is just what i am naturally you know um and yeah that that last scene was uh it was so memorable but but even like some of the scenes that preceded it like i remember when he killed uh his sister and his sister was connie by the way that was that was her name in in, in the film um uh that uh, uh talia uh shire played um but uh the scene where he's talking to the, 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 the guy, the, her, her fiance or whatever. Um, and he's like, yeah, no, I'll let you live. Yeah. And then he just does it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, all right. <laughs> I mean, I think everybody knew he was dead yeah, yeah. in that moment. Yeah. It's that, it's that exact scene that we, yeah. uh, we, we have on the screen. Um, yeah. Uh, I thought that was, uh, I thought it was a brilliant moment and is where Al Pacino, you know, if you could just look at up here, he just, he has every bit of swagger, uh, of somebody who's stepping into the, the roles of, you know, being, you know, the boss or the head of, uh, of, a, of a corporation, you know, if you were to think of like the mafia as, as a corporation, which I think that's a lot of the things that you sort of notice is that they, that's what they try to do with, um, that's what they try to do with the mafia in this case is make them seem like, hey, this is just this is a business, you yeah. know, and we're running it like a business. And so Michael basically just steps into the CEO of his particular corporation and uh, and you see him sort of uh, 
thrive uh, yeah. in, in that scenario. Um, let's talk about the cinematography of the film. The and I should have said the casting by credit on the film was uh, uh, Louis uh, uh, Mano. G, I don't know, something I can't pronounce. Uh, Andrea Eastman and um, not Robert Duvall, like I currently have. Uh, I think we put Robert Duvall in the wrong place, but um, but I think it was like a third person as well. But anyways, uh, the cinematography uh, cinematographer for the film was Gordon Willis. Um, what do you think about the cinematography? Uh, so, I mean, for cinematography, I have to acknowledge the, the time in which this film was shot, right? Mm-hmm. I believe this film came out in 1972. Yeah. And obviously this was shot on... Um, on film, not you know, use a not a digital camera yeah, as, as we have today. Yeah. <laughs> Red cameras. Uh, back so then, yeah. what you have are, um, I mean, the the grain, the texture of it. If, when you're watching it today, I think that adds to the allure of the film. Mm. I see why people would watch it today and like love it, right? Just because of the texture to it. Um, but this film, they didn't have the dynamic camera angles like you would see in maybe uh, movies today. There's no like drone footage that can be used. Um, there's no no digital effects. They didn't need any of that back then. Um, what I appreciated the most uh, was when somebody got shot. I feel like they they had some interesting ways of displaying like blood that. packets. I always love like the death scenes. The death scenes in The Godfather are just like so fucking overly dramatic and like you know just like so weird. Like they just get shot and like instead of like the blood splattering everywhere, it'll like pop pour and out, then yeah. the blood will pour out. It's just it's yeah, it's awesome. Um, but what I did appreciate was like because this film is again you know it's telling this family story. So a lot of the story involves like longer conversations between fathers and father and son, brother and brother, lawyer and brother, uh, different family members, different members of the family business. Um, so it, it's, you know, longer, longer takes, right? Longer takes, slow pans, um, very intimate shooting. I appreciated that aspect of it. Again, there's nothing uh, particularly dynamic from my one time viewing this film, you've seen it more than I have. You probably have been able to like dissect it a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but I did appreciate how this film captured, especially when Michael was out in Italy, how this film mm. captured the environment so well mm-hmm. um, without, without saying where they were, you can kind of get a get feel a for the environment. Sure. And again, that's with like the long takes, the slow pans. Um, uh, you know, a lot of the, one of the scenes that I love the most is after Michael's wedding, when the whole village is kind of going on that long walk. And then yeah. you see the, the long take of him and his wife walking up the, that like dirt road. Mm-hmm. And then followed behind them was like, uh, I guess like the, the mother and the sisters and the aunts of the girl. Yeah. Um, and then followed behind him were the two bodyguards. And it was just like one long take shots like those. I really appreciated. Yeah. Um, so in, in speaking about the cinematography of the film, um, the one thing that I can say that you you notice right off the bat with the film is how dark it is. Very dark film, right? Mm-hmm. Except for in certain moments, right? And what they did, uh, and which was a, a creatively genius idea, uh, because if you think back to this time period, uh, up until I think right around this point with The Godfather, a lot of movies were just like really bright, right? Uh, that that you, you get a lot of... Um, um, you don't get a lot of texture when it comes to uh, uh, sort of like the layers of using uh, things like shadows, right? One of the things that was like a brilliant move for the movie was using shadows to their advantage uh, for the film. Um, so um, w- one of the major things is you have this like duality. They use shadows to convey duality in this in that like you like you always know that there's a dark side to somebody because like literally like 
half of their face is masked in, in darkness. Like you yeah. can even see it with some of the stuff we have on screen right now. And what's so interesting about it is like looking at the progression of Michael's character, you see him slip decidedly into that, into that sort of, uh, you know, uh, darkness, um, where at the beginning of the film, everything's lit. You know, if we, we talk about the, the, the wedding, I think it was, um, I think it was, is, uh, is one of Vito's daughter's, Weddings. I or think something. it was Connie who was. Was it married. Connie's yeah. wedding? That is, I thought she, she was, was marrying uh, her husband. Oh, and she was going to get married again. Was it? Who gets? I, I forget who the fuck. It was married. Connie's wedding. It was Connie's wedding at the beginning. So then, who the fuck does Sonny want to kill? Or no? Okay, so that is the same dude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that she, that's who she married. So who the fuck? Who who does Michael kill then? She kills. So Sonny never killed him. Oh yeah. Remember and, Sonny was okay. On her, so that's not her fiance. That's his actual like brother in law. Yeah, uh, Michael's. Okay. Okay. I got lost there for a sec. Um so uh so if you if you look at sort of like Michael's arc, you can mirror that to just how much he sort of slips into uh to the darkness. Like when you start with uh Connie's wedding at the beginning of the film, um you see Michael's just you know, there's no shadows, there's no nothing, but uh, but you can see like Vito when he goes to do the business, right? Uh, it's in this dark room, you know, the shadows are heavy. Um, but then you, Michael doesn't want anything to do with that, so you rarely see Michael in those scenes at all, yeah. And then as the movie sort of progresses on, you see sort of how like Michael starts to now he's wearing the hats, now yeah. he's you know slipping a little bit more into that, to that. So I, th- I thought that was like a genius, um, a, a way to convey what we know is happening right yeah. uh that to, to see so and like and like the the more um the more i guess um the the the, the worse a person is the harsher the shadow is right mm-hmm. because now the line is really being cut uh that you know they've got this really dark side you know um and so uh and so yeah so i, I love how that duality's uh sort of conveyed but then also too when you you know this has less to do with the cinematography but just like a little tidbit obviously like the introduction of the color orange or just oranges period is a sign of death uh in the film that every time somebody dies in the film there's like an orange around right like so if you talk about Vito when he died uh he was cutting up oranges and making the face for the for the kid yeah even when he got shot over. i think he was at the he was market he checking was buying some oranges, oranges and peppers hey, exactly and um so that's another and it, it, there's just so many things like that with this film where they just added in like little tidbits that you just you know you figure out only with your hundredth time of like watching the film like oh hey here's this thing that i never noticed before yeah um and so i'm i'm going to go back and watch this film you know uh, again and again, just so I can pick up, uh, cause it, it really is a beautifully made film. Um, so with that being said, uh, let's talk about the soundtrack, uh, real quick. I, I think I'll start this off. Uh, so the music for credit for this is, uh, uh, Nino, uh, Rota. Uh, and so obviously we get the, uh, the iconic, uh, Godfather theme. Um, so the reason why I love it in this movie is because it adds this like sort of like simmering, like dread, right like you hear those you hear sort of like that trumpet and you just you know something is coming right like you know some sort of evil something or whatever is, is, is going to come and then also it 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 takes the film and it puts it in even before uh you know the the film is supposed to be depicting like around 1942 or just after maybe the war oh it was just after the war because michael's back from the war uh, but it's somewhere in the 1940s this, this film is supposed to be taking place mm-hmm. 
you even get packed, you know, you, you start to get remnants of like even a time before that because it sounds old. It sounds like maybe some yeah. sort of old Italian, you know, whatever that that's being sort of played. Um, and so and they start the film with that. And so uh, and then with that, you get the sense of like, OK, that's a period of time when family like there was a huge like emphasis on family because that's really all you had at, at, at the end of the day. And so that's a theme of the movie, right, is this sense of family of of like, oh, you always got to be loyal to the family, never betray the family. And all that matters at the end of the day is the family. And so I think the theme, it transports you back to a time when that was paramount. Right. Yeah. And that's a strong theme within the movie. So I think that the theme helped just as much as any character in terms of like um conveying that um and that perhaps uh yeah perhaps the movie wouldn't be the same without that same sort of like sentiment yeah um you know i'm gonna just pretty much echo echo your statements here i think the 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 score the film or the music that was used in this film was accurate to um, both depict the time that they were in uh, as well as the environment, right? When Michael returned to Italy, you heard a lot of that kind of like vintage classical Italian style music, you know, like um, you heard a lot of those like trumpets and those horns and like, you know, the instruments that would have been used in 1940, something like that in, in, uh, in Sicily, Italy, right? Um, whereas like when they were in New York, you still got that like very heavy Italian style uh, music, but it was like a little bit more, uh, in, from my take, it was a little bit more like fast paced. It was a little bit more dramatic, right? Mm. Um, but based off of like this family, this like Italian family, the Corleones, um, the, the the time in which this film was set, the music was spot on. I loved how they used it, uh, uh, to your point, as like a kind of like a secondary character in certain scenes. Um, in certain scenes were very quiet where you want to hear like the breathing of the characters you want to hear the footsteps you want to hear um you know you know like the car the car scenes right where they're choking somebody out you want to hear everything you want to hear yeah. the choking you want to hear this the struggle between these characters um in some of the conversational scenes like they, they it was the absence of music that was powerful because you want to hear how their uh the dictation in, in their language and their speech um Whereas, you know, I remember the scenes where Michael's strolling through the hills in Italy when he's on his way uh, to Corleone. Music was such a powerful, um, not, I'm not going to say filler, but such a powerful element of something like that. Because like, he's yeah. like kind of like on this journey. He's finding himself. He's in hiding. Um, it's really exploratory. So, you know, the music was purposeful. It was powerful. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was really, yeah. Uh, and one of the people who obviously, you know, he would go on to have like a I don't even know, like me even saying this is like an understatement, but like a super successful career, obviously Martin Scorsese, he didn't obviously have, I think, a hand in play in making this particular movie. But um, you can see some of the remnants of this, right? When you're talking about the controlling of when you play music, when you don't play music, yeah. and sometimes the absence of music in, in a place where you would think that there would be music um, was is masterful, but you can, it's because of these types of uh of like you know this this film leading the way yeah in in and how uh, coppola sort of manages uh the the use of sound and the use of music and, and balances uh uh that dynamic that you can see that like uh, i remember watching um the uh uh what's the robert de niro um the art no 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 it's uh he did it a long long time ago uh but you've watched the boxing one oh um Yeah. 
What is that movie? I keep wanting to say The Matchmaker. That's clearly not it. <laughs> no, no. We're talking. I don't know we're why. thinking about the same movie. I don't remember yeah, yeah. the title though. Uh, fuck. W- whatever. Uh, I'm sure Eddie will find it here in a sec. But um, uh, I'm not gonna lie. There's a lot of Robert De Niro movies where he <laughs> well, plays. So there's like Raging Bull. Raging Bull. There you yeah, go. Right. Right. I should have just went with the first <laughs> <You> one. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, Raging Bull. Fin- phenomenal use of controlling sound uh, yeah. and and adding elements of sound in certain places and, and removing it from from others brilliant um and you can see some of the the beginnings of that when you watch movies like the godfather you can see just like you said uh, how he's able to sort of balance uh, what scenes you use it in what scenes you don't use it in you don't just spread it across everything and and i think that's one of the things that you know from movies nowadays that is sort of missing is is like music is like an afterthought it's it's thought of as like less of a character than it's just you're not meant to like notice the music right yeah i think that's you can even notice that in how like we refer to it like that like it was you know it used to be like a score right like what is the score this now it's just like the soundtrack like what is the music that was featured in this movie we'll, we'll put out a soundtrack album that you yeah. can get like on the Apple score music. is not really like a, yeah who gives a shit about the score but um but yeah uh this is a brilliant movie um i i think uh going back and watching it because uh, i watched it a really long time ago when i was a kid and uh and i didn't appreciate it at all i thought it was deathly boring um but enjoying it as an adult uh i can't you know i can't say enough about how how much is packed into this movie and it you know it is like 18 hours long but it deserves to be that long like it's it's justified no no inch of this movie i think is is really wasted uh i think it's it's a fantastic movie through and through and and a lot of themes and things like that that they deal with are complex things that are very interesting and apply to you know i think apply to life period right yeah this idea of power and 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 our our aspirations to get it um and then what happens once we get there you know who do we become or does it just reveal who we already were you know um so so yeah uh love the godfather repress play on it i uh, hope you guys do too uh leave a comment in the uh the, the comment section below however you're listening to us whether it's on podcast or through like youtube uh let us know what you think about the godfather uh did we miss anything which i'm sure we definitely did um and uh and, and yeah uh comment and, and and share don't forget to like and subscribe and all our other shiznit uh but with all that being said we will come back next week and we will follow this up with a conversation about Godfather two. Yes. And then we will let the two duke it out as far as what we think, what, what was the better film? What was the better, uh, 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 the more worthy film of being called, you know, masterpiece in, in that case, although they both in my respect, uh, deserve to be called that. But anyways, um, so we will come back, finish up this conversation next week with, a uh, with, uh, Godfather two. Um, this is the end of the podcast and I should have ended it better than that, but I didn't. So what? I don't We're care. We're here. This is it's the all end. right. Uh, Sometimes you just end so, it by saying this. that's the end. There that's you go. It. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, if you listen through and through, we appreciate you. We love you. But again, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, hit that share button and uh, share the shit with anybody and everybody who you believe can benefit from it, which is everybody. Of everybody. Yeah. Um, with that being said, I think we will uh, go ahead and hit uh, the very usual protocol fade out peace the fuck out inversion nobody's gonna know what the fuck we're talking about